It's been a heck of a week. Rudy Giuliani's apartment and office gets raided by the DOJ or by, by the feds, seizing his electronic devices. And that is chilling, to say the least. I know a lot of people were hoping Donald Trump would arrest some corrupt individuals while the left is getting their wish because Republicans don't seem to ever do anything like this. And a lot of people probably thought it would just never happen. It would never come to this. But here we go. The bigger story now that's in many ways shocking is that we're learning the feds had a secret plan. If Derek Chauvin was acquitted, meaning they could not convict him, he committed no, he he was cleared of all wrongdoing. They were going to file a criminal complaint and arrest him at the courthouse. Because he was uh, found guilty on all counts, they didn't need to do it. Need to do it. That's that's the way it's been framed in the media. What does that mean? Need to do it. Why would you need to arrest a man who was found not guilty on all counts? Because it's not about whether he's guilty or not. It's about the mob just getting some kind of symbolic retribution against the police. And that sacrifices Derek Chauvin and the remaining officers. See, now that he's been found guilty, they're sending the case to a grand jury who very well may say no crime was committed and then it just disappears. This is shocking. Justice in this country is gone. And I mean, the system just keeps falling apart. Joe Biden's ratings are in. He gave a speech less than half. Even CNN says that in their polling, Donald Trump did better in his first speech than Joe Biden did. Even CNN is saying that. Granted, CBS is saying 85% of those who watched Joe Biden speak were, you know, uh, felt good or liked what he had to say. 85% except his ratings were dramatically down from Trump's speech. Not particularly popular. And now we got another story out of Seattle. 200 officers have resigned. This is crazy, man. Feels like the system is on fire, not to mention Kamala Harris's failures at the border. So joining us today is the intrepid Drew Hernandez. How's it going, man? What's going on, Tim? Thanks for having me. Do you want just a quick introduction? Yeah, well, my name is Drew Hernandez. For those that don't know me, I'm the host of Drew Hernandez Live on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter, Drew H. Live. Uh, I'm sure you've seen some of my viral footage covering the uh, riots in 2020 and going on in 2021. Now doing a lot of bo- co- you're covering the and border. the border and yeah. the border. Yeah, a lot at the border. We're going to get into that tonight as well. A lot of stuff that uh, this isn't like before I talk about this tonight. I just want people to understand when I talk about the border, um, this isn't like some kind of like conservative talking point type of thing, smearing the left or smearing uh, smearing Democrats. I this is a serious issue. Um, I, I don't care what your politics are. You should you should seriously get behind some of the things that you may have never heard tonight because obviously Kamala Harris isn't doing anything about it. So absolutely, we're gonna have to get into that later in the show. Right on. We got Ian. Well, hello everyone. Ian Crossland here at Ian Crossland and at iancrossland.net. If you'd like to follow me there, check it out. Yeah, and I'm over here in the corner pushing buttons. I'm Sarah Patch Lids. <laughs> this is freaky, man. Yeah, we, we we did a show yesterday with Jack, and it was just like it, it was not you know it went well beyond raining on someone's parade. It was what do we say acid, acid rain, acid yeah. rain, and acid fire and brimstone. Fire. People <laughs> screaming as their skin melts in front of them. It's just not raining a parade, man. The parade's just engulfing in flames. And wow, these stories are freaky. So before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member. There's a, there's a big blue button in the top right. It says members only. Click that button, and you can sign up. Then get access to this amazing members-only area. You should check out some of the conversations we've been having. We had a very serious conversation with Jack last night about what the Founding Fathers would be expecting today. And it is a pretty brutal conversation (laughs) because I think most people would assume the Founding Fathers would have done something very different 
at this point in, in, in history had they been around. But uh, we, we do bring up some inter- interesting points about the modern state of warfare, fifth generation, fourth generation, etc. So uh, go to go to TimGuest.com, sign up. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or any other podcast platform, leave us a good review. Give us five stars. And as always, share the story. My friends, let's get into one of the most shocking stories I've ever seen from the Star Tribune. And I love the framing on the story. Feds plan to indict Chauvin, other three ex-officers on civil rights charges. Ex-cop would face federal charges in two cases three others in the Floyd case. They say, leading up to the Derek Chauvin murder trial, Justice Department officials had spent months gathering evidence, but they were worried that this case, if they went after Chauvin, it could disrupt the state's case. So they came up with a contingency plan. If he were found not guilty on all counts, or the case ended in a mistrial, they would arrest him at the courthouse, according to sources familiar with the planning discussions. Now that's that's an incredible statement. They go on to mention under the contingency arrest plan, the Minnesota U.S. Attorney's Office would have charged Chauvin by criminal complaint. Why didn't they? If, Der- if Derek Chauvin committed a crime, why doesn't the state file a criminal complaint? Because this is not about whether he's innocent or guilty. They're going to say a quicker alternative for a federal charge that does not require a grand jury. So they could arrest him immediately and then ask a grand jury for an indictment. But they wouldn't need one. They literally just said in the article they would not require a grand jury. So uh, why? Interesting. Say, according to sources who are not authorized to speak publicly, this sounds to me like the DOJ is a tool completely at this point of the Democrats going after Giuliani. And this story should make your hair, should make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. There's no justice. You combine this with the story of all these mass resignations of cops, and I don't blame them. I applaud them. Because they're, they, they want retribution. These, these are zealots who have reached the highest level of government. Let me just say one more thing before we break on a bigger conversation. This is what I was warning of a couple years ago when I talked about the potential for civil war. People are like, oh, shut up. The federal government is strong. And I'm like, what happens when the zealots get into positions of power or those in positions of power get converted to the cult and become this, this rage machine? What happens when Antifa finds its way into the DOJ? This. Well, if he's found not guilty, meaning he could not be convicted, we'll arrest him anyway. Mm-hmm. What makes it even crazier? The judge flat out said it would be impossible. I'm going to paraphrase, be a little hyperbolic, but he said it's impossible for Chauvin to have a fair trial. So screw it. The defense wanted the jury sequestered. He said, no, no, we're not going to do that. The defense wanted a change of venue. How can we have a fair trial in Minneapolis where all these riots are happening? And the judge said there's nowhere they can go in the state where this won't happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, if, if there's no way to have a fair trial, case dismissed. Because we are not just locking random people up, but we've become a nation that started as it is better that 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent, innocent suffer. Two, it is better that the innocent suffer if it makes the cult feel good. Or I guess prevents, you know, I, I, w- I would say maybe if, if it pre- prevents rioting, but we know that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. The riot still happens, so... Welcome to the to the brave new world. I kind of blame myself, at least that I didn't take it seriously that this this mentality could permeate into the government until like 2017 or 2018, and I was like, oh oh, maybe it's too late. By the time I realized it but, could but happen, even back then, people were telling me, oh, Antifa fighting with Proud Boys is nothing. It's not going to get to the DOJ, and besides, Donald Trump is president. Here we are. Well, I think we have to understand 
part of their ideologies with Black Lives Matter and Antifa, they're, they, they are cultural Marxists. They are neo-anarchists. And part of what they want to do is they want to subvert not only law enforcement. That makes sense to me because that's what they do is they subvert law enforcement. And right now that includes the DOJ, that includes the FBI, that includes uh, the DAs. Uh, like in Portland, you see that right. they're dropping charges left and right. So for me, I think and, – and I know you know this, Tim, but for people that are listening, it's like – what they want to do is invade every single channel in our society, including law enforcement. So it makes sense to me that these things are beginning to unfold in our country because if they could decimate law enforcement, who gets hurt? The innocent get hurt. But that's what they want to do. My personal opinion, Tim, I don't think they want to get rid of police. I don't think they want to abolish the cops. They want to usher in a new regime. Right. They want themselves to be in power. That's what we're starting to see. That's why I was going to say they're not anarchists. Mm-hmm. Anarchists, true anarchists are either going to be like, I can buy that off you, or would you like to come to an agreement as to how we can exchange the value of our labor? That's anarchy. It means without authority. The people who claim to be anarchists, they're not anarchists. They have no idea what they're talking about. These people might say, we want to abolish the police. But what happens when someone confronts them on the street? What happens when when these people are filming? There's a video. Call 911. Call 911 to help. Call the police. That's right. They want the cops. There's a video where a guy in his own home has all these Black Lives Matter people yelling and screaming at him. So he, sh- he brandishes a shotgun. He shouldn't have brandished it. He could maybe like have it prepared, but he didn't, he pointed it out the window. He should have mm-hmm. done that. But when the cops show up, they all clap and cheer. Yay. Yay for the police. They want the cops to do their bidding. And guess what? They got it. They won. Yeah. Everything that they do is an attack on law enforcement because when you, when you take a look at how things are taking place and unfolding, right? You look at the Ohio shooting, right? Micaiah Bryant, you look exactly what took place. You had a white cop that saved the life of a black person while in the process taking another psychotic black life because she was lunging at another black person, uh, at her throat with a it knife. It was two women. Right? She yeah, was there was another two... woman on the floor getting kicked in the head by a black guy, right? <laughs> so it's like, but here, let, let me finish my point. My point is, Black Lives Matter has branded the death of black people at the hands of cops, regardless of what the context is. So a lot of people don't understand this, Tim. They're like, well, why don't they talk about black on black crime? Uh, FBI statistics under Barack Obama, the first black president in United States history, was skyrocketing through the roof. So is that a, is that a product of white supremacy? None of it makes sense. But why why don't they talk about black on black crime very simple. It doesn't fit the brand. It doesn't attack law enforcement. Every time you talk to an activist in Black Lives Matter, I see this on Twitter all the time. Drew, how could you be so stupid and naive? Are you, are you that dumb? Black Lives Matter is not about black on black crime. It's about police brutality. I'm like, okay, well then let's talk about the facts and the statistics. If that's what you're claiming, they don't add up. I literally had a conversation, Tim, with someone in Minneapolis right after the Chauvin verdict was announced. I asked her, are you guys satisfied? What, 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 what are your thoughts? And she's like, we're never going to be satisfied. Black that. lives matter forever. <laughs> and she literally said, we're experiencing a black genocide. Okay. A black genocide in the context of police brutality. Where are the numbers? They don't add up. No, but I listen, was- I, what people need to understand, Tim, is this. It's not about black lives. It's about decimating law enforcement with the result of destabilizing the United States of America. That They're neo-Marxists. That's what they I think, want. I think the first part about law enforcement is a little reductive because I think the bigger picture is every cultural institution. Yeah, so, all of it. So yeah. CNN is currently undergoing an internal review about the mistreatment of women or whatever. Mm-hmm. You open up the doors. You let the wolves in. What do you think is going to happen? Now they're getting eaten alive from the inside. It's probably going to rip them apart. The New York Times had already happened. We saw that with Barry, with Barry Weiss. She's, mm-hmm. She left because the wokeness permeates 
And I, I can't remember where this quote was, so correct me if I'm wrong, people listening or, watch, or watching. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. That something like uh, an ideology only needs around 10% of the country in order to completely change the government and the culture. Because, look, we've got, well, on a broader point. So that was a general idea. But the broader point is, when you have the law, the 1964 Civil Rights Act, you can't discriminate on the basis of these things. Okay, well, the law's in stone. Now they exploit the law. Oh, you discriminated me and I accuse you because of race. What do you do? Well, now you're being sued and the government's going to be like, okay, well, it is illegal. We'll take this up. Most regular people find racism abhorrent. So it becomes a very easy attack factor to manipulate the system yeah. and gain power. And then it's really interesting when you see these stories about how the woke try to take over organizations by making all these insane, nonsensical claims you can't do anything about because it's like, oh, it's white supremacy. I'm not white. Yeah, but it's the system of white supremacy. But this test that we're, you know, the system we implement was actually founded by a black guy. No, 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 no. It, it goes even beyond that. It's a black white supremacist. Like no matter what you say, yeah. right now they're calling Tim Scott a black white supremacist mm-hmm. because they have to, they have to use that attack vector. And unfortunately, you know, the real problem is regular people in this country don't care anymore. Demoralization. Yep. The average person says, I don't care. Leave me alone. Yep. Now that they're demoralized and they don't want to have anything to do with anything, you'll get judges like Cahill in the Chauvin verdict who's like, I could change venues, but then they'll burn my house down. So screw it. Throw them to the wolves. Yep. Better for me. The rest of the country, eh, we don't seem to care. And we're bowing down to the regime. In my opinion, I think it's racist. That's a controversial thing to say. It's because these cultural Marxists, they always have a villain, right? In historical Marxism, there's always a villain, the people at the top, and there's always the victims. Right now in 2021, they are making the minorities the victims. And who are the villains? White people. That, that, that is that's, all that's, you're seeing everywhere in no, Disney and no, 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 uh, uh, Nickelodeon, everywhere you. you see, Tim. I got to stop every, And I got to say this that's because— the, whoa, 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 whoa. Before you move on that point, that's not true. It is true. Wait, why They're calling Tim Scott a black white supremacist. They're attacking Candace Owens, people like Tim Scott. It's more about people who believe in American values. They're using white as an attack, vac- as an attack factor because the majority of the country is white. But let me finish. But clearly, when you get Latinos and Asians and black people, they attack them in the exact same way. And it makes no sense. Let me finish my point. My point was, this is why I said I think it's racist. Because no matter what you do, no matter what you say, they'll always blame it on white people. But the key factor is we have to keep the victims where they are. 
if you're a person of color, I'm going to use their terminology. If you're Hispanic, if you're black, if you're Candace Owens, if you're Tim Scott, it doesn't matter. We'll call you a white supremacist because the factor is we have to keep you as a victim. That's why I say this is racist as hell. The racists are on the left because they always want to paint someone like me as a damn victim that I'm always down in the dumps. And Joe Biden stands up after the Chauvin trial verdict and tells the whole world blacks and browns are living in fear of going to the grocery store. Blacks and browns are in fear going to sleep at night. And I'm sitting there watching the TV, living a great life. I am not a victim, Tim. I will never be a victim. Racism is real. I've experienced racism in my own life. My little sister is a victim of uh, a physical assault from an ex-cop who is a white supremacist and a racist. So is my mother, okay? I grew up with this stuff. And I got to say this because I've experienced it, but I'm not the type of woke tarted left wookie that just sits there and says well we got to just smear all white people because we will forever be victims that narrative is coming from an elitist mentality that is telling us that we are victims and we will continue to be victims and there's nothing we can do to get out of it listen even black lives matter right i know this isn't it wasn't done right she's a multimillionaire. who the co-founder Right. Uh, what's what's her name? Patrice. Patrice yeah, Coolers. Patrice Coolers yeah, yeah. is a multimillionaire because she's a grifter. She's branded the death of black people. So she's living the high life. Why? Why does the mainstream media have to continue to censor those stories? Because they have to keep the narrative that a black person is still a victim. The, there's two things. One, as we've seen with CNN and New York Times and other outlets, they're effectively infiltrated by cult members who want to push the narrative for the sake of pushing the narrative. But at the top, you have the capitalistic interest of we make money when we push this narrative. And if we tell them a counterpoint, we will lose money. I've experienced it firsthand when I worked for for Fusion, ABC News, Univision. They said we side with the audience. So if you keep telling people there's there's something that's true, you keep saying Black Lives Matter. And then one day a story comes out, Micaiah Bryant, you got a knife. Well, you can't report that story. It'll piss off the audience you've cultivated. So they don't. Yeah. They ignore that. It doesn't fit the brand. Exactly. Minorities, victims, black people could do nothing for themselves. Latinos and Hispanics could do nothing for themselves to the point of not being able to be educated enough or funded enough to go get a, to go get an ID to vote. But my, my, listen, I'm not, listen, Tim, this is what they say I am in the mainstream media as a person of color. They say I'm too stupid to get an ID, that I'm too poor to get an ID. They tell me that I'm scared to go to sleep at night because I fear cops are going to knock down my door and kill me in my sleep. That's not who I am. And I got to be extremely passionate and aggressive against this because, listen, I've never been someone to say, hey, uh, I, I'm, I'm this Hispanic conservative Latino guy. Follow me. I was telling Lydia this in the car earlier on the way here. That's never been who I am. But now I've come to the point where I'm like, if I don't speak up for myself, these damn Democrats and radical leftists will brand me. They will brand me. They will speak who I am. They will tell me who I am. They will say who I am. They'll say that I'm a victim. They'll say I'm too poor. They'll say that I'm not smart enough. They will brand me and label me these things. And if I don't say anything aggressively, then that's who I will become in the eyes of millions of people. Thank God I have the platform right now to say these things. Listen, let's do let's do a poll. How many people in the chat agree with me right now with what I'm saying? Drop a one in the comment section below <laughs> if you are sick 
of these damn politicians branding who we are. Let's use their labels as people of color. I'm not stupid, Tim. Bro, I'm not bro. too poor. I am successful. I am strong. I am godly. I am someone that could actually do something with my life. And right now, I will never sit here and say, I speak for all people of color. No, no, no. I speak for myself. But what I can say is there's a lot of people out there in the country, Tim, that are sick of this victim mentality stuff because that is not who we are as people. Not enough. Not enough of them. Not enough. So, yeah, maybe maybe right now uh, you got this platform. But the, but the truth is the people who are watching this show are most of them likely watching it because they already agree with you. And that's the problem. So there's a lot of people who watch this show and many shows like it. And they agree and disagree with me on many things. But it's a it's a good conversation. But they know exactly what you're saying. That that's why they're here. But how do people how do you not reach? see that that's racist as hell, Tim? Because to sit there and continue to continue to paint minorities as because too poor and not smart enough, it's media. ridiculous. The issue is exactly is, that's my point. And you're and people and, and, don't and, realize that they're being lied to. When are people going to wake the hell up? This is a narrative that's causing you to believe something that is racist within itself. How many times are you gonna, how many times they don't care, are pe- they, sh- they gotta care, Tim, they because don't. I'm getting sick of this happening to our communities. They keep painting us with these stereotypes. It's coming from the left. Listen yeah. to Joe Biden. He's literally the person that's peddling these narratives. Kamala Harris, blacks are too poor. Uh, 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 brown people are scared to live in this country. They could do nothing for themselves. That's not true. I can do something for myself. I'm an American. I can do things. People are sick of this garbage. And I, I just got to be passionate, Tim, because you know what? I think, dude? I think people are sick of this stuff, dude. And, and me, all for one, I, I disagree. these people aren't, spe- aren't speaking for me anymore. I disagree. I think you're mad about it. I think I'm mad about it. I think Ian is. I think Lydia is. I think most people who come on this show are mad about it. And then we've even had some people on this show who just don't care, and they know. People who are more likely on the left, and they're like, yes, so what? And then we get most Americans who just want to fit in. Some who are too stupid, some who are too demoralized, and some who know exactly what's going on, but better to keep your head down than get it chopped off. Oh, they're cowards. Absolutely. They're cowards. These people are cowards because, listen, let's talk about the border right now. These people claim to care about Latinos. They care about Hispanics. They care about us, these politicians. I don't care your left or right. What's happening at the border is crimes against humanity, okay? Joe Biden called. He's on record running for president. He said we need to immediately surge the border. And in context, he was speaking directly to Central America. This has caused even he the, said, he the said we need to immediately surge the border on the debate stage, speaking directly to Central Americans. That's not fake news. That's not out of context. You can find the clip right now. That is exactly what he said. That is who he is. So now we have an influx. The worst numbers we've seen. DHS, Border Patrol, every single one that I've interviewed, they all say the same exact thing. The same exact thing. These are the worst numbers we've seen in the past 20 years. And Joe Biden caused this. The Democrats want this. They're continuing to allow this to happen. The reason why Kamala Harris will not go down to the border is because they know that they want nothing but votes. That's all they want. All these Central Americans are nothing going to be people that are going to be legalized in order to vote for generations to come for people to vote for the Democrat Party. All we are are political pawns. They don't care about Latinos. They don't care about Hispanics. They only care about their own political gain. That is who these people are. And there are even Republicans. I know people aren't going to like me saying this, but Republicans take this narrative and they only use it as a talking point to score political points with Latinos that care about this stuff. I'm saying this stuff because this is the reality of what's taking place. 
We literally, the, the atrocities are insane, Tim. People coming from Central America because this president caused this. Literally women being raped. Literally kids being kidnapped. People that are dying being murdered by the cartels before they even get to the southern border. And I'm supposed to believe Joe Biden when they say they care about Latinos and Hispanics? No, you don't put people in that kind of position in order for them to get killed and raped and murdered and kidnapped. Not to mention what's taking place with the actual kids at the border. You have kids, you have three-year-old little babies being chucked off the top of a 14-foot border wall. You have little kids being deserted at the southern border to die by human smugglers with no food, no water, nothing. And I'm supposed to sit here and believe that these politicians care about me and my communities. No, it's garbage. They never did. They never did. They never will. But the reason why I'm going to continue to say this, Tim, I I know there's always going to be people out there that have never even thought about this stuff. There has to be someone out there that needs to finally open their eyes and see these people are only using us for political gain. They use the color of our skin to gain political points. And then they don't, they don't listen to us. All they do is use us for votes. People are sick of it, Tim. They yeah, are sick yeah, of it. I can, I can assure you the Latino community is getting fed up with this garbage. That's true. Because we see it on a daily basis. We these are families in and Florida, kids that we're seeing. In Florida, a safe blue district went Republican. And we saw the southern counties, southern districts in Texas, which are heavily Latino and Hispanic, switch from Democrat to Republican. And that shocked a lot of the analysts, pollsters, and everybody. Nobody saw that coming. Because they know. They know. People what on does the that border? tell you? What does that tell you? What does the left tell you? Latinos are so uneducated. They need so help. They need so much help. They're to the stupid brown people. They need, oh, we need to coddle them and, and, and put these training wheels on them because they can't do anything for themselves. Oh my gosh, the minorities are too. St- no, no, we can think for ourselves. And that just proves it. I can vote for myself. I don't need to be told who I need to vote for. I can view the world myself. I can analyze the world myself. I'm it's smart enough to you, view dude. this. It's not, no, it's it, not, it, it, I'm no, no, speaking no, to a community right when, now, Tim. When, I can assure you, Tim, yes. there are people out there that the agree with everything that The message from the Democrats is right not now. for you. It's not for Latinos. It's not for black people. It's for uppity, white, well-to-do liberals and progressives. And they're being told by the Democratic Party, you're a superhero. The poor brown people need yes. your help. They don't care about what you think. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. They're not saying these things to convince you of anything. It's because you have a whole bunch of ultra white suburban progressive neighborhoods that are super racist, but yep. they have guilty consciences. Yep. So now, now they can bask in the, you know, I, who was it? George W. Bush, Bush, who said the soft bigotry of low expectations. Mm-hmm. Now it's the hard bigotry of no expectations, which is they straight up think y'all, uh, I shouldn't even say y'all because depending on the time of day, they might say the same thing about Asians. They think 
oh, the poor minorities. But then the moment you say anything to counter them, they say you're actually a white supremacist. Yeah. They listen. They don't want us successful because once we become successful, we don't fit their racist narrative anymore. Okay. This, this is, I'm living this right now. Like I've been saying, people could tell I'm not a victim. I'm, I'm successful. I know what I'm doing. But now because I don't fit the narrative, like you said, they'll call you a white supremacist. I was literally called the other day a Mexican white supremacist Russian asset. Okay, so that's like the new narrative. Listen, all of them all in one, right? (laughs) So it's like, but they don't realize that they're racists because you guys claim that you want minorities successful. You guys claim that you want us on the same level as white people, which is, in my opinion, a a racist kind of like platform to begin with. But okay, I'll give you that. But once I get there, I get censored, I get called a race traitor, I get called a traitor, I get called stupid, I get called, like I said, a Mexican white supremacist Russian ass. So it's interesting because these people claim to care so much about minorities, but the moment a minority starts to get on the next level and begins to speak for himself or herself, they just get shot down. They get told to shut up. So it's like, you people don't care. What I'm trying to say is that's racist within itself because you are not wanting minorities to progress because once we do, you destroy us because if you don't have us down, you have nothing to cure your damn white guilt or whatever your guilt is that you have in your heart. People need Jesus, Tim. What's the, so uh, what's the solution when people already seek out information and know these things and the people and other people just don't want to? Like I, I, I have friends who the moment you raised your voice would tell you to screw up and they'd walk away. Yeah. They'd well, say, I, I, I don't care. He's a white supremacist. Because honestly, bro, if you can't get behind. But they don't care. You don't I understand. No, you, I, you, 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 we have to stop pretending like the, the, the people on the left who are marching with their fists up actually care about any of this. Most of them say outright they are racists on TikTok. They make videos where they say it. Mm-hmm. So when you go to them and say, this is racist, they go, we know, shut your mouth and get out of my face. I, yeah. And you're not convincing the, the racists of doing anything because they're racist. I, I like I would bet that for every person that's like, I can't take it, it's too much, 10 people will be like, whoa. Because what you were saying was enlightening. I already knew that stuff, but it was like wiring my brain. It is racist to say that black people have it rough. That's that you're subjugating them by well, saying that's, that. Well, that's an oversimplification. To say that they're on a, a weaker level or unable yeah. is racist. Especially for little kids that hear that. And they're like, I'm t- you're, you're three and four and you believe it yeah. implicitly. Oh, so I am a victim and I am going to have a hard life, then you just live a hard life. You, and so, you seek so, out your and self-fulfilling process. So think process. about yeah. what the average yep. person who's been told this will do. Let's say you have two people. One person is told when they're growing up, no matter what happens to you, it's your fault. No matter what, hmm. take responsibility for literally everything. The other person is told, no matter what happens, it's white supremacy. It's never your fault. What do you think happens when that first person encounters a problem? So I'll give you an example. <clears throat> I was told this when I was growing up. I was late for school. I got a tardy slip or something. Why was I late? There was a train. And I said, it's not my fault. There was a train. You know what my dad said? You know the train tracks are there. You know the trains go there. Why didn't you plan ahead? You should have taken responsibility for the fact that the train tracks are already there. You didn't think, did you? And I was like, I didn't think there was going to be a train. Well, now you know, don't you? So take responsibility for the fact that you did not prepare for the train. Something you knew. Now imagine the other kid showing up. It's not fair because the train came and it's because the system of this country is white supremacist. So they decided that they could build train tracks through low income neighborhoods. And that means that poor people are stuck waiting for trains. 
Now they're not going to do anything to solve their own problems. When people are told it's not your fault and there's nothing you can do about it, then they don't do anything about it. When other people are told, maybe it's not your fault, but you need to figure out how to solve the problem, they will. Maybe the answer was, I drive to you know, a mile down till I find the bridge and then, you know, go under or over or whatever. Maybe there's a solution to the problem. Maybe you leave 10 minutes early. Maybe you leave 20 minutes early. But if it's always racism, there's no solution. None. Literally, there can be none. Because right now, this country is majority white. It will be for a long time. So they've created a problem with no solution. So long as they keep telling people this, people will just keep sitting there sitting in it. But the, the, the bigger point, I suppose, is that the woke leftists, even people I know, even people in my, in my family, my extended family, I see these photos of them marching with their fists up. And I'm like, they don't know what that fist means. They don't know the origin of it. They don't care either. They are vapid, lazy, entitled, and they are only out marching because we're in with the crowd. Hey, this is what my friends are doing. You, you could ask them any question about police brutality, gun violence. They won't be able to answer it. And then, and then you know what happens? Afterwards, I tell you this, because I've been to these protests. Go to one of these protests and see one of these average people marching. And then once the march is winding down, go up to any one of these people and say, now we're going to go to a, 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 an office for a charity that deals with actually solving these problems. And you know what they'll say? No, they won't do it. Why? I, I used to work for nonprofits fundraising and recruit and, and trying to find members for organizations. I used to be in these protests. And I can assure you, one of the most annoying things to me was how I realized most of these people are just virtue signaling, yeah. marching down the street to post their stupid photo on Facebook so they can pre- pretend to be a good person while they're over consuming and burning the plant to the ground while complaining that you're doing that. They're not doing anything. That's most people. And you know what? These are the same people that go and post videos of themselves voting and I, I, I had friends who were like, here's my ballot. I voted for Biden. Watch me go vote. And they would like put it in the mailbox. And I'm like, you're a fan of Biden, huh? Quick. Name his policies. And they'd be like, oh. And I was like, as a joke, right? Name all of Biden's policies. How about the one where he created that crime bill? They have no idea. And they say, well, it's not about Biden, but you know, Donald Trump is pretty bad. Okay, why? <laughs> why is he bad? No, no, for real. I got some opinions on why he's bad. Can you tell me yours? Well, he lies all the time. What do he lie about? I, you know, like, dude, come on. You know he lies. Yeah. I'm like, oh, 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 what do you lie about? <laughs> come on. Come on. Are you just repeating what you heard on the TV? You saw a post on Facebook. You have no idea what you're talking about. Stop wasting my time. And so now we have a whole bunch of people who don't care about civics, who don't care about community, who don't care about this country. And it's everything's just crumbling down around them. And the main problem is we as a country have already been demoralized. Yeah. There is no sense of country. There is no sense of community. No one is fighting for one another. They're fighting for money. And if the money ain't there, they ain't going to do it. That's it. Some people are. I think that. But it, when it comes to demoralization, it wouldn't be like a one or a zero. There's a, a sliding scale. Like how demoralized, how moralized are you right now? 65%. Hmm. How, how moralized were you yesterday? 64%. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's part of why what we do is important, having these conversations and showing people that they're not alone. I think that's pivotal for keeping up morale. That's essential for this battle that we're going into. I do think the demoralization is deep. I don't personally see a direct way out, but I do know that one of the best ways to get there is by having this kind of conversation. Let's talk about the extreme levels of demoralization. Ladies and gentlemen, from Kiro 7, Seattle, over 200 Seattle police officers quit amid national protests. And bravo. Bravo to each and every one of these officers who have 
quit the department and won't be party to the corrupt system anymore. And I know we're talking about demoralization, the system falling apart. But at a certain point, you need to stop propping up the broken system. Part of the demoralization exists because these people who march through the street with their fists in the air have never had to deal with any real problems because they just call the police. Police do it for them. They don't actually know or care about the police. Most of these people in these big cities never interact with police, but they hate them. It's remarkable. You ever actually talk to one of these guys about their job? No, but I hate them. Great. Well, over in Seattle, they say SPD said more than 200 officers have left their job since last year. The departing officers have cited what they call as anti-police climate in Seattle. The city council police uh, po- policies and disagreements with police department leadership. Police chief Adrian Diaz said Tuesday that the department is in what he called a staffing crisis. It's funny. It's a story uh, uh, originally by the AP, but uh, not too far away from here. I think it's Hagerstown. Mm. They're in a, a, a uh, police shortage as well, crisis. Mm-hmm. We also have Louisville in serious crisis. Everywhere across the country, serious crisis. But you know what? I'm glad the cops are leaving. These people who live in these cities who march around and just don't care at all. They're virtue signaling every day. The re- so so let, me, let me clarify my position for those that may not have heard it because many of you probably have. But just very quickly, before the election, it was very much, guys, we need cops. We can have reform. We can, we can, we can get better training and better specialties, but we need a police department. And I understand if there are things we can change, we should. I don't like it when cops enforce unconstitutional laws, but I've lived in big cities. I know what happens when you don't have cops and you have no one to call. And I don't know. I don't think anybody really wants that. Okay. We made our arguments. We watched cities burn. We watched buildings in cities burn mm-hmm. to, so that Fox, you know, Juan Williams was get mad at me. Many buildings were destroyed. Many businesses will never come back, and even in small towns. Then the election happened, and the people decided, you know what? I don't care about the riots. You know why? Eh, Because for the most part, the cops were there beating people up. So I'm going to vote for Democrats. Mm -hmm. The people who actually supported the riots bailed them out, encouraged more. Now the election is over, and there are cops who, in the previous story we just talked about, the feds were planning on arresting Chauvin if if he was acquitted. Literally, the jury was like, he has not committed, he is not guilty of this crime. They'd be like, arrest him anyway. The cops who are remaining are propping all of that up mm-hmm. because these people who virtue signal can only sit back like lazy Wally characters sitting in their, their hover chairs, morbidly <laughs> obese. They could only do that because they know the cops are going to clean up their mess. Yep. So if you want to be a cop in this climate where you could potentially go to prison, or how about that cop who mocked LeBron James, who gets suspended without suspended. pay, according to his friend, his friend says so. So we'll see how that story comes out. Mm. The, the police are saying, well, he, he shouldn't have done that. You want to be, a, you want to be a cop in this environment? You want to prop up the corrupt politicians who I guarantee you will call you begging for help the moment Antifa shows up at their house. You want them to feel safe. Great. I'll tell you what. When you resign, who do you think Nancy Pelosi is going to call when Antifa shows up to her house again? They're going to call the police. What do we do? Sorry, ma'am. There's no cops here anymore. Remember how you as a Democrat wanted to defund and, and, and rallied people against them? What do you think is going to happen in Maxine's, Maxine Waters district? She's the one who came out and told everybody that if you see someone from Trump's administration, you get in their face, you confront them. Mm-hmm. And then people did. What do you think she's going to do when Antifa shows up to her house and she calls and says, I need the police? Uh, ma'am, you led riots against the police. With, There's with, no with, one to with come. police protection. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you see she LeBron James. On the Imagine this. I love this. LeBron James is a photo of him in New York and he's got all these NYPD guys uh-huh. guarding him. <laughs> you want to you know what's really funny? 
those cops who protect, I'll tell you this, there's two, there's two, two groups of cops in, in, in New York. The cops who protect LeBron from this point forward, because that photo is probably old. The most pathetic, sniveling, groveling, path- spineless losers. If, 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 if I was a cop and I got a call and said, Hey, we got LeBron James coming in. Can you guard him? I'd be like, <laughs> no, nice try, dude. He's on his own. He doesn't want our help. What, what's going to happen? Someone's going to pull out a knife. I'm going to try and save him. And he's going to get mad at me. Not going to happen. But then you had these cops in New York who were guarding the Black Lives Matter mural. Mm-hmm. Now, here's, I love this. You know why? The mural was illegal. It was literally a crime to paint the street. De Blasio did it without a permit, using taxpayer dollars, mm-hmm. and then put 27 cops to guard <laughs> it. Yeah. And people were protesting and throwing paint on it. And the cops would arrest them like sniveling little losers. Imagine being as as spineless and pathetic as any one of those cops in New York who's standing there half slouched where the the, the mayor is smack talking you to your face in front of everybody. And then you're just like, thank you, de Blasio. I'll guard this for you now. (laughs) Wow. It's like it's 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 like uh, Randall from Recess, that that little kid was always Miss Miss Finster. And he's like, Miss Finster, (laughs) grow a spine, be an adult, stand up for yourself. It, it, it was disgusting to see cops literally arresting protesters to defend something that was that was spitting in their face. You got to be a special kind of pathetic loser to get slapped around nonstop by corrupt politicians and then still agree to clean up their mess and protect them from the mess they created. This is what bothers me the most when Kamala Harris supports the riots by soliciting funds to bail these people out in Minnesota, ongoing riots for a year. And then the cops are like, I'm going to protect her after that. What, where, 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 where is any one of these people with principle? They don't exist. So that, I'll tell you what really scares me. The cops that are leaving are the good cops. The ones who are saying, I'm not going to defend these corrupt politicians, these celebrities. And the ones that are remaining are like, this, the, 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 the cops that remain on the force, overwhelmingly, not every single one, there's, there's probably other reasons, but overwhelmingly, as I said the other day, are the guys who are going to sell out their own mothers for cash. They don't, they don't care about community. They don't care about this country. They don't care about the constitution. They just care about money. And not even a lot of it either. I mean, man, if you were going to be a pathetic loser, you, you, there's so many there's so many other jobs that would pay better than licking the boots of Bill de Blasio. But I guess it tastes good. So, you know, good for them. I think that's by design, man. I, I think what these guys are, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, their, their whole goal and narrative is to demonize cops, right? So I think when they accomplish this, I think that's part of what they're attempting to do. Like, no matter what they do, they want to prove that cops are bad. So you get conservatives, right? You get these back-the-blue people that view stuff like that, what you're describing, right? They see cops defending Black Lives Matter. What does that do? That paints in the mind of that individual that, wow, these cops are, are horrible. That, In my opinion, I think that further pushes their agenda and their narrative because when you see those optics on tv and people are experiencing this stuff it further demonizes police officers even if they're good cops so in my honestly i think antifa and black lives matter do do that kind of stuff on purpose because the optics of that brings you to a conclusion to what you literally just said to a lot of people that don't realize that that's by design i I I would be willing to bet that that's by design i'm in favor of abolishing the police at this point not for the leftist reasons where they're screaming racism or whatever, mm-hmm. but because right now as it stands, if a leftist extremist gets arrested, the DA will say, sorry about that, buddy. I'm so sorry the cop arrested. You can go home now. No mm-hmm. charges. And then you so much as fart 
and you get arrested. Yeah. And the DA is going to be like, oh, I'm going to lock you up and throw away the key. So the cops are like, I'm just a new, neutral enforcer of the law. I arrest Antifa and I arrest the people on the right, too. And then the people on the right go to jail and get solitary confinement. And the people on the left get let out and do it again. The cops, it's the banality of evil. Shuffling, uh, uh, I'll put it this way. Law, uh, const- someone exercising their constitutional right to keep and bear arms in a state like New Jersey. Those cops with a smile on their face will lock you up in two seconds. Yep. And the DA will laugh as they bang the gavel and say, shut your mouth. You're going to prison because mm-hmm. you can't bear arms in New Jersey. You literally cannot bear arms in New Jersey, period. You, th- th- this is a state where they say you have to have a qualifying reason to be able to bear arms. So pretty sure the right to bear arms has already been infringed. Now you can keep them. If you go through a process and they're in your home and they're, you know, in a safe. And if someone breaks into your home, you run away, but you can't run away with the gun because you can't bring the gun outside. So if you're in your house in New Jersey and someone breaks in, don't grab the gun, run away because you're legally required to think about the logic there. No, no joke. It's mm-hmm. it, in New Jersey. You have to retreat from your own home. So what's the point of having the gun? You can't. So here's what happens. How do you go to prison? If you, if you have a, if you're bearing arms in New Jersey, it is a police officer who will gleefully arrest you, and it's happened. It happens to a lot of people. A lot of good law-abiding citizens simply make a mistake. One story I was told is that in, in, in Pennsylvania, you can bear arms. And if you live in Philly, the New Jersey side is literally a five-minute drive. Uh-oh. What happens if you take the wrong ramp? What happens if you're in Philadelphia with your legal gun, and you take the wrong exit, and you go, oh, no, I'm crossing into New Jersey. It was an accident. I don't want to be here. And then you pull off the bridge, and you get pulled over, and they say, hey, too bad. That cop's going to smile as you get a felony and go to prison or have your life destroyed. They will smile. And you know what? I, I'm sure they'll smile as they arrest Antifa. And the Antifa will get the, per- the tar- charges dropped, and they'll get let go. And then you'll get to go to prison. So at this point, I'm just like, the remaining cops are not good cops. I'd rather be responsible for myself. If Antifa can burn down buildings across this country and get away with it, I need to defend myself. Mm-hmm. And that's why I started buying weapons to protect my home and myself, as is my constitutional right. And the last thing I need is a cop who can't enforce Antifa, but will gladly lock me up if I try to exercise my rights it, in the wrong place. It sounds like it's more a problem yeah. with the DAs, because the mm-hmm. cops are just impartially arresting criminals, whoever, whether you agree with the crime or not. But then the DAs are letting these people go. So it's putting the cops in a, in a bad place. The cops are the ones who are, who are enforcing it. Well, they're just the DA isn't showing up at my house and threatening to arrest me. No, the, the DA is letting the criminals go. Right. Yeah. So if there were no cops enforcing unconstitutional laws, we wouldn't have to worry about it. And the DA would sit there crying with no support. Mm. But wielding the power of law enforcement allows them to selectively enforce political ideologies, and they're doing it. So last year, the argument was stand up for the police and vote. When that didn't work, at this point, the cops are clearly just getting good citizens arrested and charged, and Antifa is getting let go. Not just not just Antifa, but extremists on the left, Black Lives Matter. These, I mean, we had in in uh, Portland, I think there were like four f- people charged with felonies, and the feds charged them. And the moment Joe Biden gets in, all charges dropped. dropped. And there's only so so so. Then you look at what's going on with you know Proud Boys or whatever they get they get arrested. Or, or Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm. Or Chauvin. I, I think it's, I think the Chauvin thing's hilarious because he is a cop. But you look at Kim, Kim Potter. So long as the police are willing to enforce this, they need to wake up and realize they may be neutral enforcers of the law, but after the arrest, the DA is a political actor who will let their friends go and lock up anyone who opposes them. And it's only possible because cops are doing it. I tell you what, I'm done with it.
The cops were unable to stop the riots. I'd rather defend myself. Y'all can go home now to all of these cops who are resigning. These guys are good people. They're good cops. They're respectable. They're refusing to, to suffer the indignity and they're refusing to lick the boots of these corrupt politicians. But the ones who remain, these people are crooked as they come. No principles. They care not for their community. They would stand there guarding an illegal mural painted with taxpayer dollars without the approval of the taxpayer and arrest people who challenged it. It's too, I, I think it's too extreme to make <clears throat> judgments on, on, their, on who they are because you might have trash humans resigning from the police department right now. Yeah, it's, and, a, it's, and it's amazing, a generality. Amazing people staying on the force with limited options or, you know, some altruistic motive. Ian, if I told you, like if someone came to you and they were like, you have to like brutally, like mercilessly beat a child, otherwise you have to be homeless, which would you pick? My God, I'm not beating a kid. So what if they said you have to, here's an old woman who has a, a, a nine millimeter in her purse. You have to lock her up for four years in a state penitentiary. Otherwise you're homeless. Pick one. Well, I, the cop doesn't decide how long she gets locked up. The cop there's mandatory says, minimums. transports her to the, to the courthouse basically. That's yeah. The yeah. yeah. So, job. so, so let's see you encounter a woman. She's 65. She's got a little snub nose in her purse and you as the cop are told either you are losing your job. Or you're going to bring this woman in and she will go to prison. Pick one. You got to bring her in. Why do you have to bring a woman? Why? If she violated the law and you're a cop. I thought, I thought the Constitution was the supreme law of the land. Well, that, it's a, that's a confusing thing, whether it's a state law do or, or a federal law. Do you think a 65-year-old woman with a revolver in her purse should go to prison for four years? It's just a vague statement. Do it depends you on where she is, man. Minding her own business, going to an ATM from her apartment. What She's state? scared. Is it legal? I don't know. No, it's, it's illegal. A, it's let's say, it's let, illegal. Let, let, let's say it's a 65-year-old woman in Chicago, and she knows there's a high gang crime, and people are shooting each other. She needs to go to the ATM. She's worried, so she gets a gun. She's walking down. She robs nobody. She doesn't want to commit a crime. never committed a crime in her life. Should she go to prison? I don't know. That's for the courts to decide. You don't know? No, that's for the courts to decide. Whether she gets let off or put in jail, in prison. My, the answer as a is cop, she that's should not, not my decision. They're not the they're not the jury. They're not the I think this is, Ian, this is why I called you evil before, remember? I no. said what yes, I called you evil. This is the banality of evil. The idea that a sixty five year old woman who is not a criminal, who is scared of gang violence, wants to protect herself and is walking to an ATM, I don't know if she should be locked up for four years. She shouldn't be. Why should she be? What did she do? Nothing. That's just it's that's why we have courts to decide that stuff. I don't think that Ian is evil. I think that Ian is a relativist, which comes out to be a little bit of a problem if you're doing something like being a cop, because the fact of the matter it is that you can be a neutral arbiter of a law. But if the law is bad, you become a force of bad. I'm sorry. That's how it works. Okay, Ian, there's an old woman and she's got a bag of weed in her purse. Should she go to prison? Depends on where she is. In Chicago. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. What's the laws, man? It's illegal. It's, well, the, the whole go to prison thing is up to the court to decide. There are mandatory drug minimums in Illinois. 
Should extreme. an old lady who has a small amount, uh, who has, well, I think they decriminalized, but should, should, should a person who wants to I- imbibe a psychedelic go to prison for choosing to do so? The answer is no. I don't think. Unequivocally, no. I don't agree with those laws, but they are the laws. So we have to change the laws to stop putting the pressure on the cop. Cop has every right not to enforce a law, but you gotta be careful with that if you're a cop. Cops can say, go home, kid. Yeah. Ma'am, you can't have that. You gotta get rid of it. You can submit it to, to 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 the police station. You can turn it in, but you can't have it because someone else will lock you up. But probably if you. How about when the cop in New Jersey stopped the woman who crossed the bridge? Because this, this is a story I was told at one of the gun shops out there. Instead of arresting her and char- and getting her and, and processing her and then her getting charged with the felony, he could have said, "Ma'am, I'm going to give you an escort back to the on ramp to go across that bridge back to Pennsylvania. You can't bring that weapon into the state. Does that sound okay? Okay, ma'am. Please, let's go. Instead, what did he say? <laughs> You're under arrest. I got gotcha. you. And then he brought her to the station, and she gets to go to prison. Why? Because she crossed the bridge. Amazing. I mean, that me, is the banality. I mean, that's outright evil. Mm. Let the me banality jump. of evil is when a cop is like, I don't care about the Constitution. I don't care about morals or principles. I just think, who cares? You get arrested. Let me jump. Let me jump in this, okay? So I just, I just want to speak to police officers right now and just give you like a, a, a real quick biblical perspective, you know? We, we're living under an unrighteous government that is facilitating and enabling uh, pure lawlessness on a grand scale, um, regardless of whatever state you find yourself in. You know, the, the, the biblical mandate for a police officer is literally in Romans chapter 12, God's avenger that is mandated to execute righteous judgment uh, or justice upon evildoers. So what I want people to understand and think about right now, especially if you're a police officer, you're going to have to really make a decision. I know this is a lot easier said than done. And I'm just giving you some kind of like pastoral counsel right now. You guys know what I'm talking about. You're going to have to make a decision right now whether you are going to be a vessel of lawlessness and execute unrighteousness under an unrighteous lawless government because that is what you are literally becoming. That's where America is because they're not executing righteous judgment. Or you're going to have to make a decision and walk away from what this system literally is right now. And like I said, I know that's a lot easier said than done. You're thinking about your family. You're thinking about your future. You're thinking about your kids' schools. You're thinking about your reputation. But I got to be honest with you, man. Like in, in terms of what God has called you to be and to do, you are now heading in a direction where you are not uh, God's avenger of executing righteous judgment on evildoers. You're actually becoming the opposite. You're actually becoming the evildoer to execute unrighteousness on the innocent. So I say this to say this is you're going to have to make that decision as to what you want to be a part of and what you become right now in 2021 moving forward, because right now things are not getting any better and you're going to have to make some serious sacrifices and, and, and really, you know, place your faith and where God really wants you to be because you, I mean, how do you want your kids to view you? How do you want your, your legacy to become? Because right now I'm going to be honest, this is what separates me, Tim, from a lot of other conservatives, like in the movement, I am not a 100% back the blue guy. These people hate me for this. I get all kinds of messages. The hell's the matter with you? What do you mean? That's what we believe. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because when you end up in a police state, who the hell is the police, right? Me, so let, those are my views. Like for me, Tim, I, yeah. I agree with you, right? Let, I agree with you with what you're saying. But what what, what I want to add to that is police officers have to make a choice. I agree with you let with me, what let, you're let, saying. Ian, let me ask you a question. You said that it depends on what the law is, right? The cop should just follow the law? Well, no. The cop has a moral judgment call to make. 
Oh, okay. So now you're saying the cop shouldn't just lock up an old woman who who didn't commit a crime. Well, I didn't say she, he should or shouldn't. It depends on the situation. I mean, that one story I, I asked you, you a, had a, is a specific, I asked you a specific instance. A, an, an old, old woman, woman going to an ATM in Chicago. She's scared of gang gun. violence. And so she she buys a gun and she has it with her. The cop. You know, that's up should to the cop. Should she go to prison? I don't know, man. That's up to the cop, really. Would you arrest to take her? Not woman. to prison, but to take her to jail. That would be a cop. You idea. know she's going to prison. Like, you, you can't pass the buck. You know she's going to prison. So would you do it? Would you arrest her for that? I would resign as a cop immediately if I was a cop. Right that's now. the point. Yeah, that's I'm not. The point. I'm, that's not the I'm not. I'm not a kind of you know. Of person, you you know how cop. because you know what the point is. Loading Jews onto trains was the law, and there were a lot of people who didn't know what they were doing, but it was the law. They had to do it. It is the obligation of our cops, our military, to defy unlawful orders. Now we talked about this the other day. The challenge is: what if you don't know what the end result is? Now you've got a moral challenge. That's why I think the National Guard and the military would probably just follow the orders they're given because they don't know the full context. Yeah. And they can't. But when it comes to a cop who's looking at a, a young person who's got a small amount of drugs of, or some sort, and they think to themselves, I'm going to arrest this person. They know what comes next. They're not making these people's lives better. Now, for the most part, look, drugs are illegal and I'm not a big fan. I, I do think the war on drugs is bad. But specifically around the right to defend ourselves right now is my issue. <clears throat> the police are trying to arrest these people. They almost always get let go. And I'll give you one more. In D.C., in 2017, several hundred people got arrested all at the same time. I was in that group. I got released because I was calm and polite, talked to the cops, showed them my press ID. Eventually, they pulled me out, let me go. Not only did these people get their charges dropped— they then sued the city after running around, smashing windows and setting fires, and they won a massive lawsuit. The taxpayer is now paying the people who set garbage on fire, set an immigrant's limousine on fire, which he didn't own. It was leased. And they smashed up windows and buildings, got arrested. But they know the tactics and the strategies. So they said the government didn't know how to charge the individuals. They couldn't. So they get their charges dropped. And then they turned around and sued the city and won, sued the government and won. So my problem right now is, as it, it doesn't matter what, what you think the cops should or shouldn't be doing. It doesn't matter what I think. What matters is, at the political level, the judges, mm -hmm. the mayors, and at the federal level are control, controlled by the cult, by the cathedral. And any cop who stands there saying, I'm just a neutral arbiter of the law, you are handing people over to the cult. So at this point, I'm like, you know, whatever, abolish the police, I guess. At least then, maybe people in this country will start taking responsibility for their own lives and security. And the virtue signalers who, who, who prance around not caring about what's going on might be shocked into waking up because right now they're just frogs boiling in a pot. But if all the cops walked off, then you'd have these people I know in the suburbs of Chicago making a phone call saying, hey, help, something's happening outside my house. I need help. Ma'am, there's no cops anymore. We abolished them. Where were you? <laughs> you were supporting this. But I do have some good news. I'm not just going to be constantly negative because we got news. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this one's big. From ABC, what is, this is, okay, this is interesting. This is from ABC 17 Fox 22, both at the same time. There you go. Minnesota man sentenced to four years in prison for role in setting ablaze a Minneapolis police precinct during Floyd protests. They say Dylan Shakespeare Robinson, 23, pleaded guilty in December to one count of conspiracy to commit arson for taking part in setting a police precinct in Minneapolis on fire on May 28th, days after Floyd was pinned down. And, you know, we know the story. Robinson was sentenced Wednesday to four years in prison 
and two years of supervised release, according to a news released from the a news release from the District of Minnesota's U.S. Attorney's Office. He was also ordered to pay twelve million dollars in restitution. Robinson's attorney has not responded to CNN's request for comment, so I guess it's a CNN story. You want to know why this story is funny? Because he only got four years. Do you want? You want but you want to know why he got any time at all? Because he burned down the police station. That's right. Because when push comes to shove, the system will protect itself and not you. What about the people who burned down the sports bar? What about the people who threatened the guy in his home? And this is in Portland, a guy, he's got an American flag at his house. They go up to his house and start chanting, just random guy. And they start yelling, take the flag down or we'll burn your house down. No charges there. People in DC, they actually got paid for it. So, okay. you know, this guy's a, he's a local celebrity and you know that, right? Oh, they love him. Yeah. He's going to be a political prisoner. He's yeah. going to be a hero. And when and I was, when I was in Minneapolis a couple weeks ago, and uh, the B- specifically Black Lives Matter, because sometimes people throw BLM like very loosely. You know, this was BLM in Minneapolis. One of the activists, one of the leaders got up and was like, you all know that some of these are they're being they're facing charges of arson because they burnt down that police station last year. <sighs> She's like, yeah, you know, you guys all remember that. She's like, that was that that stuff was effing epic. They love it. So what do you think happens? He's a celebrity in in four or five years. OK, so maybe. Trump run Trump you know Trump is talking about running again in 2024. Mm-hmm. I don't think Trump's got the uh gumption to actually get the job done. I don't. I think a lot of people thought he was a fighter, turns out not not really. I mean, it's better than Biden. It's better to have someone who's resisting the system than supporting it. But I don't even think Trump's got what it takes. Maybe Ron DeSantis does. But what do you think happens if Trump doesn't win? If they continue to gain more and more power, this guy's going to get out and when he walks out there's going to be local politicians clapping and cheering. They are, they already voted to abolish the police. It kind of backfired. Now they're desperate for cops. Mm-hmm. But what do you think happens if this mm-hmm. if this ideology keeps persisting a slow boil? By the time this guy in four years is getting out of jail, the local mayor is going to be like, "You're a hero, and we're so sorry that you're a political prisoner." Get released. I think because what the mainstream media has done is they. This is why you see this on CNN, MSNBC, ABC. They'll always call them either peaceful protesters or they'll call them just protesters, right? Protests erupt after the shooting of uh, Dante Wright, right? Every single black person that gets shot protests. Even Fox will say this. Protests erupt. Protest, protest, And they'll show protest. a picture of like a building burning down. Right? Yeah, but but, but, but listen to the, the my my theory on this. If, you, if you're constantly putting the narrative out that these are protesters – Whenever the headline comes out the next day that a hundred people got arrested, that sounds horrible. Right. A hundred protesters <clears throat> got arrested last night for what? Expressing their First Amendment right of freedom of speech and to peacefully protest, right? That's just the narrative, but it works because nobody wants their name attached to the headline the next morning. No mayor, no DA, no police department. Nobody wants that headline the next morning saying a hundred protesters got arrested last night for expressing their first amendment right nobody wants that but that that's the propaganda but that's why in my opinion it works that's why they get away with writing that they get glorified when they burn down a building antifa's continuing to burn down police police union buildings with people in it the only reason or i should say one of the strongest (laughs) reasons one of the main reasons that people in major urban metros keep voting democrat is because the cops are propping the system up. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What, what happened when they voted to abolish the police in Minneapolis? Crime skyrocketed and locals started panicking, yeah. calling their city councilmen, being like, what's happening? Where are the police? Why is this happening? And then all of a sudden, these 
pro abolish the police people come back and say we we need our cops back our constituents are freaking out did the uh, Portland cops just all 200 resign like today? Seattle. Or was that Seattle? Was over, that... over the past several months. Okay. So imagine what would happen if the remaining cops were like, you're on your own. This is what I was talking about with Lydia on the drive here from the airport is I think there are times in history where you're either going to learn from, you know, data, facts, knowledge, wisdom, and make your decisions from there, or you're going to have to learn through experience. So I think right now America is so spoiled, so self-entitled, where socialism is like and communism are like glorified ideas, but we have no idea what it feels like to live under something like that. I think right now we are going in a direction, Tim, where as a Christian, I think I believe we're either going to experience some kind of spiritual revival. People are going to come to Christ and things are going to change or I think we'll probably have some kind of civil war. People are going to push back and say enough is enough. We're fed up with the communists. Get out of here, right? Or I think we're just going to have to continue going down this path. People are going to keep voting blue. People are going to keep supporting these radicals. People are going to keep virtue signaling, bowing down to Black Lives Matter and Antifa, right? And we're just going to have to get burnt because I think right now the country is going in the direction, like you said, Minneapolis, like, abolish the police. Oh, Maybe that wasn't such a good idea, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, so I think on a grand scale, that's where we're going, where I think we're going to have to watch the Republic fall in order for us to pick up the pieces again and just say, like, that's look, what they we were, we, I know that's what they, I trust me. That I was know. their, that was their mission. That's, the whole time. that's their mission. That's their goal. But people don't realize that. Like you said, like you, you were telling me earlier, people aren't listening. They just don't care. It's like, okay, well, you're going to care when these people are knocking down your down door, uh, knocking down your damn door at night when they want to take your life and call you a white supremacist. But like I said, I think we're going down that path where it's just going to have to get to that point where people feel it. They feel what these ideas do. And until well, you get there, you're not going to really understand. So as long as the cops are still around to answer calls, for the uppity white progressives who are leading the charge and making all this bad stuff happen. The same people who say abolish the police are the ones who yell, call 911 when they're threatened. And then who suffers? The poor, the minority neighborhoods, the ones who, according to Gallup, are saying they want more cops, but won't stand up and actually ask for them. I'll tell you this. Here's a simple compromise. (laughs) If you're a cop, just don't answer any calls to uh, uh, these uppity progressive areas. Hmm. If, if, If you get one of these... You know, wealthy, liberal areas saying, you know, help someone's breaking into my house. I'll be like, well, do you have a gun? No. You know, man, I was I was talking, I guess I was talking about this with some some of my some of my buddies in Minneapolis. And I was just like, you know, I don't know if I would say this out loud, but I'm going to say it out loud. Would it have been better for Derek Chauvin to just let George Floyd go? Yes. Well, we don't know because if he was really high on fentanyl and he was getting behind the wheel of a car, he might have killed a family. Yeah, that's true too. But I, I, I understand. Well, that, well, right? well, like well, there, there's well. so many things that could go wrong, and a cop is it obligated would've... to think about that, right? But what I'm trying to say is, I think cops are starting to ask themselves, was was that even worth it? Hmm. I mean, I'm, I am, I am going to lose my life. I'm going to lose my family. I, I, I am going to lose everything over a guy that had a $20 counterfeit bill and it led to the FBI going to come at uh, – the that's, FBI that's, was going to arrest me no matter what. Everyone agrees on at this point. For the, yeah. Well, I should say for the most part. The left has been saying that the whole time. Who cares? It was a $20 bill. Let him go. But there's a bigger issue. The guy was doing drugs behind the wheel of a vehicle. Mm-hmm. 
And now you've got some serious questions about, like Ian said, what if he yeah. hits somebody? No, I, mean, I, I agree. I agree with that. Like, especially the way that I think, I, that's the first thing that where my mind goes to. You have a fentanyl addict that could get loose in the community and he mm. could literally wreck, wreck havoc, right? But it would have been objectively better for the cops not to have responded. And from this point on, not to respond at all. Yikes. That's, saw, that's what I think people are asking themselves. And it's like, I, I personally think the answer to that question is no. But I'm just putting that question out because I think that's what a lot of cops are beginning to ask themselves. And it's Good. just another subversion of law and order. But it's 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 such a crazy situation because another thing that I wanted to point out and I want people to understand is all you hear from Black Lives Matter is that George Floyd uh, died because he was black. OK, even the head of the prosecution went on 60 Minutes the other night and literally claimed that this was not a hate crime. That they had zero evidence to prove that George Floyd was targeted because of the color of his skin. This is part of the propaganda that is leading to people burning down buildings, okay, committing mass looting, mass arson. That's all you hear, Tim. You know what I'm talking about. Whenever you're at a BLM rally or Antifa direct action, black people getting hunted, black people getting shot, black people are dying at the hands of police officers. It's, it's a fact. It's a fact. The prosecution admitted George Floyd did not die because of the color of his skin. Keith Ellison said it. Why, why wasn't he charged the head of the crime? prosecution? There was no evidence. It was there was crime. no evidence. Yeah, well. But look where we are. Right. That's what Abolishing it police, matter, does it? burning down buildings, rioting, causing over $2 billion of damage in 2020 alone over a lie. Drew, I think that I honestly am starting to think that what happened in Minneapolis needs to happen to every city where these uppity white progressives are calling to abolish the police. You should have that moment of fear where you need to call the police and nothing happens. Yeah, I don't want riots. I don't want buildings being burned. I just want people to like, they'll see someone walking through their neighborhood and they'll call the police and the cops are going to be like, good luck. Yeah, that would be good if everyone had to psychologically experience yeah. the trauma of not having police. But my fear, I love the idea of police and military refusing to serve a corrupt regime. That, that I love that idea. Me too. But what terrifies me, if all the police vanish tomorrow and all these private cops and federal cops come in to fill the void and it become, it's worse than it was before. Why would it be worse? Because private cops don't have to adhere to the oh, city. Okay, they so still have to adhere to the law. Supposed to, yeah. Ian, the cops that we have right now, people who are serving out bad laws, people who are doing unethical things are essentially mercenaries. So you want to talk about someone who's paid to do something that's not moral, not ethical, and that's not a single eye when they're asked to do something like arrest a little tiny old lady? I think, Ian, I think you're wrong because if someone calls police hut, I'll call, you know, Police's Junior oh, yeah. and I'll have my, my, you know, <laughs> Police Hut. Is that what you said? But you're yeah. two months <laughs> behind on your Police Junior bill. So. Oh, I won't be. Uh, yeah, no. Well, yeah, I won't they be. Might be. So, so, so a lot of people are talking, uh, I see a lot of comments where people are saying there'll be a vacuum of power without the police department. Do you live in a big Democrat urban metro? Well, then I'll tell you this. You shouldn't. I left. We all left. We were in the Philadelphia area and I was like, man, I see where this is going. Mm -hmm. I'm out. Am I really that worried about a power vacuum in the middle of nowhere where there's already no power structure other than people in their own homes on large multi-acre properties who are armed to the teeth? Ain't got nothing to worry about out here. Good luck coming to West Virginia and having a go with a riot in one of these neighborhoods. These these, these people who live in West Virginia, mm -hmm. there's there's Facebook group chats, there's text chats, and the moment they, they don't they don't call the cops. They just text the group. They're like, hey, I, you know, I saw somebody. Keep your eyes keep your eyes on the, uh, you know on the lookout. Some of these people. Scare me. They're like, oh, man, you know, the, the cities are so lucky. Can't wait for these people to come out here. I'm like, no, nah, you don't want to say that, dude. No, that's no, that's no. freaky. We don't want to know that. 
But I'm not worried. No, I'm not worried in the least bit. We don't, we don't have a police station out here in the same way a city does. We're in a place where you call the cops. They'll be there in what? An hour? I mean, that might be true in the cities too, by the way. Because cities, I don't know, they're, they're pretty crummy in a lot of ways. So power vacuum in the city. Well, the people who voted for this and keep voting for Democrats, hey, that's on them. If you think there's going to be a power vacuum filled by a bunch of corrupt private cops, gangs, and woke police, do you live there? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people do, and they're probably freaked out by this. But at a certain point, take responsibility and get out. I mean, look, like like I've been saying, your house is on fire. Now, we, we all fought very hard to, uh, to reject that fire and shut it down. Now it's clear the fire is engulfing your house. Now you need to go outside. Oh, but it's cold outside. I know. But what about my family? They'll freeze. That's true, but they'll burn to death if you stay inside. So maybe it's already to that point where all these cops are leaving. Crime is already skyrocketing. You want to tell me there's a power vacuum? <clears throat> Have you been paying attention to the crime rates in all major cities across the country? Shootings are up like 250% or something in New York. Why are you still there? Well, look, if your house is on fire, no one's coming to save you. You got to save yourself. Maybe that's the point about these people living in these cities. For everybody else who kind of lives outside the cities or in the middle of nowhere, what are you worried about? Or get out of the blue states at the very least. Stop living in places where they put their boot on your neck and let criminals run rampant. I think I think that goes back to what I was saying earlier is I think police officers have to make a choice. You, you have a constitutional oath to protect and to serve the communities that you work under. And I think it goes back to also like the leadership. If the leadership is setting you up to fail miserably to the point where you can't even protect yourself in some cases, you look at Portland. I'm in contact with Portland PD on a daily basis almost. And they always tell me the mayor is in control of all of this. We get our hands tied behind our back. We can't even use the type of uh, riot training that we've been trained to, to use to stop these people. And then you see the footage and it's just cops getting milkshaked, just humiliated, the psychological abuse that goes into that as well. I talk to them. This is what they tell me. They live in fear. They, they, they fear their lives. They fear, uh, Antifa finding Bro, out where they live. But did the you, point did, I'm trying to make is I think, I think Tim is what these, these, these police officers do have to sincerely consider. Am, am I walking into a profession where I'm being set up to fail now? I think I don't, anyone, I, don't, listen, listen. I think anyone I, would be like, I'm not going to work for that. I don't, I don't care about these cops in Portland. I saw the video of the Blue Lives Matter people getting shoved by cops while they protected Antifa who had pepper spray. Mm -hmm. You think I'm going to give any sympathy to the guys who are shutting down small businesses, arresting a guy for handing out a beer or, or shoving and pushing the peaceful right wing protesters who actually support the police? Nah, that's the problem. The DA will throw the book at someone on the right and they'll let someone on the left go with no charges and the cops will arrest both and say, don't look at me. That's what I'm so saying. So Antifa goes around throwing fire bombs, setting fires. And then when the, when the right wing group shows up, the cops form a line, hold their batons out, start shoving them and yelling. And it was funny to see the look on the face of these conservatives like, why are we being attacked by cops? Yeah. And then taking the Blue Lives Matter flag, throwing it in the dirt and stomping on it. Yeah. And, and, and I agree. That's why a lot of, like I told you, a lot of conservatives don't like me when I talk like this because I'm not 100% back to blue. Because I don't support crooked cops. I don't support unconstitutional cops. I support cops that support the, their constitutional oath and they actually protect and serve the communities. If that's not what you're doing, you need to resign like tonight because yeah. that's what you have been called to do. That's what you've been hired to do. And if you are being put in a position where you cannot do that, then then I know this is a lot easier said than done. You got to really reconsider if this is the profession that you want, because now we live in a generation where lawlessness is now abounding. That means that you have to be a crooked cop to survive now. 
it's a pretty radical thing to have to swallow. But the that's media, where we are. The media is lying. Antifa's not real. The politicians, it's just an idea. And the district attorneys, you're free to go. All of this is only possible because cops are protecting those who keep pushing for it. Plain and simple. It is the uppity white progressives in big cities who are voting in the Democrats, mm -hmm. giving them this power. And they're only able to do it because cops are standing guard while Antifa burns down minority neighborhoods and poor neighborhoods. Yeah. It's like that funny tweet from that guy who was like, yeah, go riot. Woohoo. Wait a minute. Oh no, they're coming to my house in Beverly Hills. Help. Stop. Don't do it. <laughs> You see Classic. what you see? You see what happens to these people the moment the riders show up to their neighborhoods. Yeah. But it's okay because I assure you, the cops will be there to protect the rich people. Mm -hmm. I love it in, in in Manhattan during Hurricane Sandy and the power gets shut out. I tell you, the first place to get their power back. Do you know which part of New York got their power back first? Upper West Side. <laughs> All the very very rich people in the university got to put their feet up while the people in the poor areas in Brooklyn didn't have power. I think it was for like weeks. Regarding um being set up to fail, which it does seem like a lot of these cops are by these district attorneys. When you're in like high stress situations, people will do crazy things when they're being set up to fail. Like in World War One, they'd be told to go over the trenches. They would just eventually just mutiny and not go. Mm -hmm. In Vietnam, if you had a lieutenant that was going to take you down a trail where you knew you were going to get shot, that lieutenant would find a grenade in his tent in the middle of the night. They call it fragging for a reason because they would kill their commanding officers if they were going to get them killed. Now, we're not in that high-stress situation domestically right now, and the cops aren't in the military. They can resign. And at what point Chauvin had his life destroyed because he tried to – this girl that shot the guy that was – a girl that was about to stab someone or that guy that – Oh, yeah. His that life's going to be it. torched because he saved Kim someone's Potter. life. Kim Potter was trying to make an arrest <clears throat> on a guy who was wanted on an aggravated robbery warrant who was armed, and she shot him one time, and he died. And now she's going to go to prison. Kyle Rittenhouse watched his community get burned. I'll, I'll, I'll be very careful for Juan Williams. Watched businesses all throughout his community burnt, get, get set on fire. They almost blew up a gas station. So he's there. He, so, and Drew is there. And he yeah. shows up. And a friend gives him a weapon. He even rendered aid to the extremists. Now, he's, I think he's going to get life in prison. I yeah. do. He'll get life. No jury is going to is going to do anything for justice or principle. They're going to be like, you know what? The kid can can go to prison for all I care. I don't want to get hurt because of demoralization. And it's only possible because there are cops who arrested him because they're like, well, you know, it's the system. At what point is there someone who's going to be like, there's right and there's wrong? I just oh. think we sound like Mexico now. This is what the cartel does. Right. I mean, you you, you take a look at what happened with Chauvin, right? Uh, you guys covered it the other night. The alternate juror literally came out and was like, I was pretty much scared that riots would come. And, and no, 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 not it, pretty much. Literally, literally said, I did not want to go through riots and destruction again. And I, I was scared someone would come to my, my house, house to retaliate. Right. So that 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 is by design because what was happening, right? You had someone that took the stand, right? They were BLM, Antifa show up to their house. They're throwing pig's blood, pig's heads on their front door, threatening them. For, for sending, the witness. For the witness. That's in California, though. Sending a message. doesn't right. matter where it is. Right. This, this sends a message across the U.S. 
Bro, that is literally what cartels do that, but yep. take it a step further. They'll send a, a, a human head to your house. They'll hang someone from uh, yeah. highways. Highways. They'll send a message. They, they threaten media the same way. Black Lives Matter is, is, and Antifa are, are, are slowly going in that direction where it's not going to be animal pig heads. It's going to be humans, man. It's, it's a very extreme thing for me to say, but this is what happens in foreign countries like Mexico. They're like the strong arm. Uh, so what to you, threaten what, so, media and police officers and even the military. So what do you think happens then if the police departments are all gone? These, think, a lot of people think it's going to be rampant crime everywhere. I don't think so. I think in cities it'll be bad. I think I already live in an area without a police department, so I don't care. I think people will, especially in the big blue cities, um, in terms of, okay, BLM wants to police themselves, right? So let's think about the Ohio video. Right, Micaiah Bryant. Just picture that video without the cop there. That's what it would look like. And everyone seems to be okay with that. Yeah, black people kicking each other in the head, stabbing each other in the throat. Well, uh, but, but but outside of race, just people in cities in general. What do you think is going to happen to these Upper West Side progressives who are very wealthy in New York when the cops are gone? I think they're going to freak out. I think these are the same people that are voting for gun control laws as well. Oh, yeah. Right? So these are the same morons that don't put, they don't put two and two together. It's like, hey, (laughs) Biden is saying, let's, let's, you know, your second amendment right means nothing. It's not an absolute, right? He says that amendment is not an absolute. Oh, but by the way, we're going to abolish the cops. So, uh, yeah, you can't call 911 whenever you uh, you need someone to save your life. If the people (laughs) in the upper west side of New York vote for this, I say good for them. Congratulations. I don't live there. If they don't want cops, they don't get cops. But I tell you this. We've already seen what's going on in New York City. We've already heard from yeah. these people. They are starting to panic yeah. because the cops don't show up anymore because they're all gone. I think so, that goes back to what I said. P- people are going to have to experience it. They're going to have to feel it because if not, you don't feel it, then you're never going to know what it really looks like or even feels like. I wouldn't necessarily frame it that way. It's more like they must understand why they have to take responsibility for themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of everyone just being like, someone else will do it for me. Yeah. The government should give me money. The government should pay for all of my bills. The cops should protect me. I don't protect, protect myself. And if I get hurt, it's your fault. I'll sue you. And then you give me money. Yeah. Nah, That's what we, they want. Get, people got to be responsible for them. Responsible but for you themselves. Wanna, you do want public options of defense because if, if you have to protect yourself and I have to protect myself and then you step on my door, on my doorstep, then and someone gets killed, like that's a bad situation. You want the cop to be the one to decide who was right, who was wrong. No, no, you stop don't. to basically create the peace, to keep the peace. Well, you want a neutral arbiter between right. conflicted mm-hmm. factions to deescalate and to stop the conflict, but that doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. Cops go in and they're going to protect, them, protect themselves first and foremost. People need to be responsible, but people have lost responsibility because we keep having the government do things for them, and now they're just becoming lazy and disinterested and demoralized. People need to have purpose. They need to have hard work, but they wake up every day with everything being done for them in this wealthy society and they have no purpose. So the system is on fire specifically because the the, the people who inherited this wealth from the previous generation don't know how that wealth was built. So like they say, you know, like wealth lasts three generations. The first person makes all the money because they work really hard. They then raise their child to understand hard work, but the kid grows up pretty rich and then kind of maintains it a little bit. The next kid who grows up doesn't experience the hard work at all. Their grandpa's long been retired. They inherit all the money and then it all vanishes after the third generation. That's what's happening right now for the country. 
We had the, the we had World War II. We had people fighting, sacrificing to to literally defeat Nazism and fascism. Mm-hmm. They come back to this country and boom, business is a booming. Life was good. Then we get the next generation hippy dippies doing hippy dippy stuff. And then we have the next couple of generations where it's just we've inherited all of this wealth. We don't know how it was built and we're squandering it as it just evaporates in front of us. Maybe it's time people, you know, hey, whether we want it or not, hard times are coming. Yeah. And hard times make strong men. That's right. And that's just how it goes, isn't it? So maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe maybe time <clears throat> is like a river. You can move around within the river, but the but the time is a flowing in that, in that direction. But you don't. Hard times do make strong men, well, theoretically, but you don't know which, who these strong men are going to be. I think we talked about this when we had um, Ben Stewart on talking about the fourth turning, that if there was some cataclysm and some chaos, hard times, you know, world war, that maybe it would be the Chinese that would win and become the strong men afterwards. So it doesn't mean that we will become the strong men if we enter the hard times. We may be wiped out as a result. Mm. So you be very careful looking for well, that let's, stuff. Well, let, let, let's jump to the current state of the union. <sighs> Where, where are we right now? Are we entering hard times? I think the answer is yes, and we have yeah. some metrics to back that up. From Deadline, Joe Biden's address to Congress snares 26.9 million viewers. Hey, 26.9 million. That's what, like... Uh, Three times the Oscars? That's... Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah But no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's what... How many people voted? Uh, so that's what... 81 million? Yeah, so... Uh, 30% of the apparently. people voted for him? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So not a whole lot of people. But, but, but 26.9, that's surely a good number. Way down from Trump. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a minute. Way down. <laughs> He's less. Oh, hold, hold on a minute. You mean to tell me that Donald Trump got 47.7 million viewers in his first speech to a joint session on February 28th? Bad. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so, all right. All right. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit more than half. <laughs> it's not that bad. We're still good. I'm sure <laughs> of the people who watched, you know, Joe Biden speak, considering there were much less people. Right. It was probably way more people who actually liked Biden. Yeah, definitely. So, so I'm sure, uh-huh. I'm sure the polling is going to be really good for Biden and we can breathe a sigh of relief. I actually have a CNN article, seven in 10 who watched Biden's speech said it left them feeling optimistic. Okay. That's good. So, uh, uh, all right. Considering that there was, you know, way less people, it makes sense that Biden would have polled better than Donald Trump. Uh, they say the 51% who had a very positive view, <laughs> positive reaction to Biden's speech is a bit more mu- more muted than reaction to the first address from other recent presidents. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, what? 51%. That's a good number, right? Yeah. What, 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 what was what was Donald Trump? Surely less than that. 57%. Oh. With more viewers, Donald Trump had more people with a very positive reaction to his speech. Yeah, we're not doing too well. Even the people who voted for Biden don't care about Biden. Oh, they voted against Trump. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so you can't function as a society when you have no cohesion. So now we have we we, we had a we have a, we have a political mm. institution built upon hating Donald Trump. Who's gone? That's it. Trump. He's he's chilling. He's playing golf. So now yeah. the people who are like, well, Trump's gone. We're done. Now it's just a hollow shell. There's nothing there. There's no substance to the Biden administration, right? All, all I was seeing yesterday, the headlines. Biden's first 100 days address to Congress. Oh, wow. Kamala Harris, the first woman to sit behind Biden with Nancy Pelosi. That like that's listen, I'm not against like firsts, right? For for women, for minorities. I think that's cool. I think that's awesome. But 
I think it's awesome when they actually have done something and when they've actually accomplished a lot uh, uh, for uh, the uh, country. Kamala Harris did accomplish something. Oh, yeah. California, yes. top cop. She is the first woman to become <laughs> vice president after earning zero delegates oh, yeah. in, the, in the Democratic primary. Huge first. Well, here's the thing. You see them all celebrating Kamala Harris, right? You see all these articles. It's all about race. It's all about gender. It's all about sex. No substance, right? No accomplishments. No real accomplishments. Okay, well, but she did lock up those innocent people to use a slave labor oh, during yeah. the wildfires. Yeah, but the thing is, right or now, or keep them locked up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Fact check. She, keep them locked. She up. is the border czar, apparently. Right? She she's the one that is supposed to be overseeing what's taking place with the border. And right. I think this is where a lot of minorities, people that don't think about these things, they get manipulated. It's like. Look at the first woman to sit behind a male during a, a congressional address. It's like, well, has she done anything? No, no, no. She's the first woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like this? Continue to see it because that's what you should care about. It's like, well, we still have a, human, a strategic humanitarian crisis at the southern border. They're not doing anything to better it. They're actually facilitating it. They're actually trying to sweep it under the rug by unofficially gagging Border Patrol agents. And I can confirm that because I've talked to them. When you go up and you interview them at the southern border, they literally, the first thing they tell you is, oh, I can't talk to you, but uh, here's you know, what's going on. You know, what I'm trying to say, Tim, is we should not be glorifying and celebrating politicians just because of their gender, their sex, or even the color of their skin when they're not doing anything to better the country. It, Kamala Harris should not be celebrated because she's not doing anything, especially with what's going on at the southern border. Why didn't they address you know, it last you know, night, Tim? You know, you know what I really Why? love about all, everything that's going on is that over the past four years, it's not just the political landscape that's been – that's their whole identity is Trump sucks, but the entire media environment – built an audience that specifically just hated Donald Trump. Yeah. You'd think the border crisis would be as what, what did what did that technical director at CNN say? Gangbusters for ratings. Uh-huh. He said COVID was. You'd think right now they would be like crisis at the border, but their audience only cares about Trump. Yeah. So what are they going to report on? If they come out and talk about the crisis of the border, the people who care about real news left a long time ago. Yeah. So they can't. Yeah, they don't give a damn. So you about have us. all of these huge, big breaking stories, conflict with Ukraine and Russia. You've got now the U.S. firing at Iranian, you know, uh, boats. They're like military ships, little, little, uh, not ships, boats. And now you've got the crisis at the border, which has been ongoing. I mean, normally the media loves this stuff. If they it don't leads, care. It leads, right? Well, they do care. The problem is if it makes some money and clicks. If you have a hundred million, core, that's all. That's all we imagine. Are. This you have a hundred million core viewers, and then Donald Trump gets elected. So you scream about Trump. All of a sudden, your ratings go up to one ten. You're like, whoa! But what you don't realize, you actually lost ten million core news fans mm-hmm. and gained twenty million zealots. Over time, your ratings are improving, but you're actually losing all of the people who care about news and gaining zealots. What happens now? Trump leaves. The zealots leave for the most part. The people who care about news left years ago. People like me, I used to have CNN for the news. CNN on for the news. And then they weren't talking about anything. Fox News covering protests in Iran. Turn on CNN. Donald Trump today. I don't care. I turned it off. I don't watch it anymore. You, if, if you want to go to news, you, you can't go to CNN anymore. So now they have to ignore these things. Now they have to ignore the border crisis. Not, it's not just that, it's, it's bad for Biden. Yeah. So their whole audience is anti-Trump. Some of it pro-Biden. If they come out now and say there's a crisis, people are going to get mad at them. They've lost any credibility they've had. The media is a, is a withered husk of its former self, what someone graffiti Trump sucks on. And I don't think anybody's really interested in staring at that thing anymore.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is why I just, I hope people listening, they, they, they hear this and they understand that they're being used. I'm going to preach this until there's no more lungs in my breath because minorities, no especially, breath? Uh, no more uh, breath in my lungs <laughs> yeah. because I'm very passionate about this because people need to understand that they are literally being used as political pawns. Like, really think about this. See through this. Why is it just exactly what Tim just explained? Why is it just because Trump is not in office? They're not talking about the border anymore when it's worse than it was under Trump. But then these are the same people. You have you have Chris Cuomo and uh, you have Don Lemon and you have uh, Brian Stelter. You have all these virtue signalers on CNN every single night saying, oh, we care so much about the black people. We care so much about the minorities, but they're not reporting what's taking place at the southern border. There are literally migrants right now by the hundreds, by the thousands that are being stuffed into trucks and stash houses in the United States by the cartels against their will. That is that is not Migration. That is not immigration. That is human trafficking by the hour, by the minute. Listen, I got to say this, Tim, because CNN won't say it. MSNBC won't say it, but they'll sit there and they'll continue to virtue signal like they care about us, but they don't because if they did, just to go literally to your point, they only do it for clicks and for ratings. And when it's a political attack against a conservative or Donald Trump, they won't talk about it because they don't care. And I need people to understand they don't listen. Minorities, Tim, you know this. Minorities believe that these people care about them. They don't care about us. Overwhelmingly voting for Democrats. Yes. Year after year after year year after year after year. I will say the past election, seeing a lot of Latinos vote Republican, mm-hmm. not that I like the Republican Party, but just getting away from the Democrats at least, is eh, gives me some optimism. And then just thinking about the media kind of failing and, and fumbling and Joe Biden's ratings collapsing, actually, I kind of, I'm kind of feeling pretty good about that. We, you, you know, we're, we're, we're on the roller coaster and we're, we're, you're maybe about to come to the bottom or to go back up. Maybe things are going to change. Maybe it, it is, it's, maybe it's not as bad as it can get. The, the night is always darkest before the dawn. But watching these media companies fail to be able to do the Oscars. Oscars are over. They put out a statement. They were like, it's Trump's fault for giving everyone COVID. Nobody cared. The Oscars is trash. Joe Biden speaks as president. Nobody cares. He's a trash president. That gives me some optimism. I like it. Not that I think Trump is the, is the savior of the republic or anything. He's better than Biden. But maybe now we might actually get something better in 2024. It's like having... Not like Ron DeSantis is perfect either, but... He's better than Trump. It's like we got a crappy boat captain and that we put in charge. So, but at least people are acknowledging he's a crappy boat captain. But he's, Biden? He, yeah, he might end up piling oh, look, us look, look, into look. a glacier. So we hmm. got to keep that in mind. Donald Trump was flying a plane and the plane was kind of bumpy because the whole time you had other people banging on his door and rocking everything and then blaming him for the turbulence. He was, you know, Trump was a braggart. He was boastful and he kind of changed directions quite a bit. It's the best you weather, know. the best, the best turbulence. It's everybody listen. There's turbulence. <laughs> it's okay. It's good. Everybody actually enjoys it. It's kind of nice. You know, some Puppy, people, yeah. people are like, ah, it's the best turbulence. The, the radical left is banging on the cockpit door, <laughs> making it impossible. It's the best turbulence you've ever seen. Yes. People, people were, were angry. 
And in part because of things Trump <laughs> failed to do, yes. And and in part because they were riled up, enraged by the Democrats. So then they vote to swap out the pilot with mm. Biden, who fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And now the plane is just... And we're all just like Kamala sitting Harris there. Harris is laughing in the co-pilot seat. <laughs> yes. No, she's standing behind it, smiling, yeah. uh, with God. elbow bumping Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> she's got a pillow. <laughs> I think I think the propaganda. I think the propaganda is so powerful through Disney, through mainstream media, through CNN, through uh, the mainstream music industry, uh, every channel of art that you see. I think I think the propaganda is so powerful that they are really convincing people. Um, that they are the majority, that the radical neo-Marxists and the anarchists and Antifa and all the SJWs, I think they are successfully painting the picture in the minds of millions of people that they are actually the majority in this country. I don't think they are. No. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's quite the opposite. Right. I think there are a lot of not just conservatives, um, centrists, people that are pro-America, pro-patriotism. Uh, they want to see their country succeed. Uh, they want to build their own empire and wealth in this country. They could really care less about race or any of these things. I think there are a lot more of us than there are them. Yes. And I think the mainstream media is really painting the picture successfully that there's more of them than there are us. So I think more people need to wake up to that reality. And I encourage people, man. I was telling Lydia this in the car on the way here too, is like, let's be thankful that we are in a place right now where all that's happening to us that disagree and speak out against the mainstream media or narrative is we get canceled. Let's, let's just thank God that's kind of where it is right now. And we're not getting killed yet over this because I think that's where we are going. So I encourage people to get involved. Listen, you may not be the next Tim Pool. You may not be the next Drew Hernandez or you name it, right? But wherever you are specifically in your life, we need more people that have these pro-America views to get active in their communities, especially but education, law, order, all, all the these next, avenues, mainstream it, media, all of it. People need to seriously start speaking up right now. They might and be the engaged. next Ian Crossland. It's oh, possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll I, be I, you. I don't, think, I don't think Ian's evil, Tim. You'll be I your the banality self. of evil. Yeah, Do you think Ian's evil? Like I think, he's an evil I, villain? But it's, it's the banality of evil. So when people hear the word evil, they think it's... Dr. Evil? But the banality of evil is someone saying, well, you know, the law says I have to do it, so I'm going to do it. I'm very much... Uh, I love. I'm. I'm way more like uh, chaotic and <laughs> anarchistic than it seems. I, you know, I have to be kind of level for for the world, for TV and all that. Mm-hmm. But man, I am a revolutionary <laughs> at heart. Mm. Uh, I can't stand evil laws. I think they're one of the most agree. heinous things on Let's earth. Let's hit these super chats, my friends. If you haven't already, smash yeah, that like time. button and comment. Get your super chats in. Go to timcast.com. Become a member. If you click that big blue members only button, you can sign up. I have good news, too. I think we're really close to launching new Stripe integration, which means alternate forms of payment. And uh, we we have got a bunch of amazing updates coming soon. We're hiring a bunch of people, but it takes a long time. But I think we're really close to getting like the news division set up and everything. So we're going to have articles on the site. We're going to be completely redoing the site once again because it's a process of just building it up as we go. So uh, stay tuned for that. We will have a bonus segment coming up around 11 p.m. tonight. Let's read Super Chats. All right, so I can't read, I can never read the first name of the first Super Chat. Apologies, but they said, Tim and team is awesome. I look forward to your videos every day. Real quick, yesterday the site got funky, aired out trying to access members only. It's because we've got a team of amazing and smart people trying to work out bugs and stuff. Um, let me just say, we, the website's growing faster than we expected. And so it's kind of a good problem to have. Success problem. Unfortunately, it's inconvenient for you guys. You know, normally like companies will be like, okay, we're going to start a website. We're going to build it up. For me, it was like, we just got a really simple WordPress design. And then it took off so quick. We were like, our server can't handle this. 
our web hosting can't, you know, our video hosting can't handle this. So we're rapidly trying to upgrade. And we were like one step behind every step of the way, not realizing how quickly things were growing. And then it was like a couple months in. I'm like, we're going to start doing movies and TV shows because like (laughs) the growth is massive. So you guys rock. I really appreciate it. And I apologize for the errors and the bugs, but um, we're doing everything we can to get through them to make it easier for people to sign up. Or if you want to cancel, we just need to get to these points, new integration for members and uh you know, look, I got to be honest, most I think it's it's like three to four months to build a basic website. And we put ours up like really quickly, not thinking all that much about it. And then it just grew too quickly. So now the site is live with members and we're trying to update everything in real time. So appreciate it. Bear with us. All right. Trip Sucks says trivia, which anime is the best anime of all time? And why is it Shrek? <laughs> because Shrek has Smash Mouth. In their soundtrack. Uh, the best anime of all I prefer time. Dragon Ball Z. I'm just a fan. I, I, I think it's fair to say that in terms of like gross revenue and popularity, Dragon Ball Z, I think from an objective standpoint, would be considered the greatest of all time just because of how— It kind of like, went mainstream. I mean, it still, it still exists. They had a like, real-person real movie. It was terrible. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> but I think it was like—I think Dragon Ball Z is the most successful. But I don't know. Maybe. Um, the first half of Death Note—I don't want to spoil Death Note— it's good. Amazing. Full Metal Alchemist, mm-hmm. both iterations. You know, Cowboy Full Metal. And, and Cowboy Bebop. It got canceled because it was too brutal. It's wow. a lot of really good anime. Cowboy Bebop is incredible. P. Diesel says, Tim, you're an idiot. Build an airsoft range. If you build it, Luke will come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're right. <laughs> oh, airsoft. That's a yep. good point. We got a bunch of airsoft. Good old days. Let's do it. All right. Let's find some super chats. <laughs> Zua, uh Zawave bro says, Tim, you have to know that a lot of us cops view this job as a calling. We want to go after criminals and help others. Lots of cops are going to other agencies, states that offer more support. I like cops. I've had bad experience with cops. Most interactions most people have with cops, negative. Why? Cops going to give you a ticket. Tell you you can't do that. Not to pester you or bother you, but because cops give tickets. So people have bad experiences. I've had some good experiences, but uh, I like cops. Um, what I don't like is... The horribly run corrupt political states in Democrat run cities and blue states and the cops who are allowing that to keep happening. Mm-hmm. So I think the good cops in these areas who view it as a calling, I mean, find a red state, make a decision, start making some phone calls, find a department, sheriff's department, local department, and go work for a real department where, let me tell you guys a story. <clears throat> in the, in the, in, 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 uh, I was in Virginia a long time ago and I know this guy and he was, he was really young. He was like 18. And I guess he opened a car door and bumped the other car and then panicked and then drove off. That's a hit and run. So when the cops showed up to our apartment, to my friend's apartment, they were worried. They freaking, freaking out. Oh man, hit a car, dented it. The cops, young guys were like, look, dude, you shouldn't have done it. We just need your insurance information. Nobody's getting in trouble. We understand you kind of freaked out. And he was like, okay. And then as they're filling it out, the other cops, like family guys on, starts making jokes and we're all laughing, having a good time. Those are good cops. They didn't need to put a kid in prison for bumping someone's car with a door or something. They just said, just give us the insurance information and everyone's happy. That's the way it's supposed to be. Instead, you go to cities like Chicago. I had a cop pull me over in Chicago. I wasn't speeding. And he walks up and he's like, you were speeding. And I was like, um, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't. I was actually exiting off onto Belmont from Lakeshore Drive. I was actually slowing down. Wasn't speeding. And he goes, tell it to a judge, sign here. That's it. And I'm like, so I can't afford this. I was making 10 bucks an hour. I can't afford a $75 ticket. 
Doesn't matter. They didn't care. They just don't care about you. So I'm like, you don't want to live in these cities where the cops just don't care about you. Go live, go, go to these smaller areas, these rural areas happen to be more red. And then you, you can actually go to your local department, meet the cops, shake their hand, tell them where you live, let them know what's up and you'll have good conversation. That's what I think it's all about. Cities are just. <laughs> Zellis says, Tim, love the show. Ian and Lids are great. Today is my birthday, so I hope you'll excuse my shout out for my new watch company, IVI Watches. Hey, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Justin Bookman says, what, which episode of Futurama do you think we're in, Tim? The one about Mother's Day robo takeover or the one with Senator Travers? Ian, tell me how you get Tim to, to stare you with such passive aggression when you mention the Federal Reserve. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Lydia. Because he knows I'm right. Ooh, the Federal Sam. Reserve. <laughs> uh, I don't, there's no passive aggression. I think it's funny when Ian brings up the Federal Reserve. I like that it? it's, it's memeing. Yeah, it's like a meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trending true, on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, you, but, but you, you know, what was it where, uh, where the teacher, what movie was it where he would like shake his fist and yell about the, the nerds or whatever? I can't remember. But you need to go, Federal Reserve! Did, did you see the, the meme of Ron Paul disguising the Federal Reserve as a Home Depot, hoping that <laughs> yeah. Home Depot would <laughs> Like a Nike store, yeah. yeah. That was the Babylon Bee. So good. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Eric Miller says the Feds seized a 1,000 safe deposit seized 1,000 safe deposit, safe deposit boxes with one warrant in California. Source is LA Times article. We've been complaining about the Second Amendment. Here's an infringement of the Fourth. Whoa. Wow. Big Mac Attack says, hey, Tim and gang up here in Canada, they've started to mobilize the troops and set up COVID checkpoints. On top of all of that here in Alberta, we just had our premier, think state governor, announce that if you don't pay your COVID tickets, you won't be able to renew your registration. Wow. Wow. Canada's wild. Yeah. Canada's a horrible place. Yeah, Canada's just a mess. Even worse than the U.S. Jeez. <laughs> Big League Drew says, Tim, I disagree with you 50, 50% of the time, but I appreciate what you do. Even if it, even if I disagree, liberty or death. Let's go. I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. Cheers. I'm a gorilla and I'm just going to read that part, but it's a good name, but I'm not, I can't read the rest. <laughs> Drew is on fire, 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 fire. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Tim and crew. Thank yeah, you, man. Yeah, you were just there at the border. I, I think we we mentioned that. I don't know if that was hammered home. You were there for four days. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Our Bracewell says, "Thank you, Drew. Your opening rant is one hundred percent correct, and your anger is one hundred percent justified. Let's stand together and fight back harder." You know, I want I want to share something real quick, um, just for people that are that are listening, and you know, you're just this alt right uh, person of color that's trait. Uh, a traitor to your race. Uh, these, this is all I ever hear, right? Mm-hmm. You just want to appease the white man. I, I, I have experienced, okay? My family has experienced racism, okay? When I was a little kid, we had a white supremacist ex-cop, okay, to, to, to even top the story um, that lived right next to us. On a daily basis, he would go outside when my mom was watering the garden and he, you know, she was taking care of things outside. She was pregnant with uh, my little brother on a daily basis, he would threaten to kill my dog. He would call my mom a Mexican pig. He would call her disgusting, all these racial slurs on a daily basis uh, to the point where he physically assaulted my little sister in the front yard uh, and then also took a high-powered hose, sprayed her straight in the face when she was like two two years old. It, it blew her back. She fell on the back uh, of the pavement. Um, so I'm someone that is – I've experienced this stuff, okay? Like I, I know what it's like to live next to a white supremacist ex-cop, okay? But here's where I defer 
uh, from the left. And, and I think this is why they don't like me. Differ from the defer. left. Defer. This is why I defer from the left. I, I will never be a victim, okay? I, I will never sit there and, and allow myself to become a victim, even to a white supremacist, even to an ex-cop that abused his power. We're supposed to trust these people in society, okay? I will never allow myself to be put in a position where I will forever be a victim under somebody who hates me because of the color of my skin. I will never put myself, I will never subject myself under the authority of someone that looks down upon me because of the color of my skin. Listen, even though some bad things have happened to me and my family, I refuse to live my life under someone who is literally under the assumption that they are supreme over me because of the color of their skin. This is where I defer from other minorities. Listen, they may not, they may want to play a victim. I don't. Because I think we let them win. And at least I've told this story so many times. And there's even people that, you know, you're just full of crap. That's not true. I'm like, dude, you know, my, this is some serious stuff that happened to me and my family. But I don't turn around and blame all white people. I don't turn around and blame all cops. I don't turn around and play this little victim where you should give me everything because I've experienced this. Yes, justice was served. Yes, they didn't. the cops didn't even believe my mom. Mm. They didn't believe my mom. They thought she was lying. Okay. So I've experienced injustice in the context of white supremacy from an ex-police officer, but I will not play a victim because I believe that that puts me in a position where that person will always be on top of me and I'll always be the little brown kid that's on the bottom. I will not let them win. We cannot let them win. Even yeah. when it's real, we have to assert ourselves and be dominant and not play victims, even when it is a real situation. So this is, I, I gotta say this, Tim. I always get this. You've never experienced. You don't know what it is. You don't know what it's like to live like this. You don't know what it's like to experience white supremacy. I'm like, yeah, actually I do because my family experienced it. The difference between me and you is I'm not playing this little victim and letting them win. That's what they want to do to maintain their narrative. I just wanted to share that. I've never shared that publicly, by the way. All right. Oh, very cool. All right. Trinic says, what do you guys think about making an online country? It would be founded on a bill of internet rights. It would collect taxes that would guarantee its citizens internet access and a legal defense fund. And instead of a social security number, you'd have a blockchain number. Hmm. It's like a membership service. Sure. Yeah. Check out the Manila <clears throat> principles. Those might help guide you towards an internet constitution. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oops. Dustin Schimmel says, Tim, bring more people with this guy's passion, please. We get a lot of people who are like, oh, Tim, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> keep having to turn their mic up. Not they, like, true. Blast the mic all the way to max. No, it's really to turn it down. They're yeah, like, oh, like Jesus, people, people who watch my show, they know this is Dude, all you get. You were on the border, man. Was that just like agitate or were you just like building aggression, agitation as you were there? I mean, man, I, I'm, I'm very passionate. Like I am a preacher, man. But at the same time, it's like, like I was explaining at the beginning of the show is these people, they dictate who you are. They tell you you're too poor. They tell you you're, you're, you're too uneducated. They, they tell you that, oh, we need to take care of the, the migrants. We care so much about them. And you go down to the border and it's like, no, no, they don't. 
especially when Joe Biden incited this, calling for a surge at the border. You, you guys caused this. So don't sit there and tell me that you care about Latinos and Hispanics when you're putting Latinos and Hispanics coming from Central America in positions to be raped, murdered, and kidnapped. This is why – listen, that's why I said at the beginning of the show, you guys are going to hear me say some crazy stuff. This is not left. This is not right. This isn't me being a conservative or, or sympathizing with Republican talking points. No, th- th- these are serious issues that you should care about that are taking place in your own backyard, in your own country. All right, we got this from Malta Leonis. Going to drop a hard one for Drew, and we'll definitely follow your content. I believe too many people are willing to think too little of others without critically thinking and come to absurd conclusions without realizing it. Mm-hmm. Gordy Police says, as Sargon once said, white supremacist with a guilty conscience. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely correct. Yep. All right, we got too many super chats. Thank you, guys. Ossery says, supporting BLM is like parachute pants in the 80s or MC Hammer pants in the 90s, except it's racist ideology and can't (laughs) wait until it passes. It is a fad. Florbo adjacent says, Kiro 7 is pronounced like Cairo. Cairo 7. It physically hurts to hear pronunciation. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad (laughs) you hate my pronunciation. (laughs) And I, I, I briefly lived in Seattle, too. So you'd think I know that, right? Apparently not. Andrew Bishop says, Drew, fully agree with what you are saying. Tim, problem with police leaving is what raises uh, raises in the power vacuum. Maybe like people being responsible for themselves and appreciating the Second Amendment for what it's supposed to do. When people say it's about fighting tyrannical government and the left says it's about a government controlled militia. It's about technically neither. It's well, I mean, it's about fighting the government, I guess, tyrannical government. It's literally just the security of a free state. That means criminals attacking your property. If criminals can run through the country and destroy everything, you don't got a free state. If foreign invaders can come in, you can't defend yourself. No free state. If a tyrannical government arises, no free state. It's about everything. It's just literally people need to have guns. That's what the founding fathers were sitting there and they're like, yo, people should have guns. And they're like, that's a good idea. (laughs) Write it down. That's it. Yeah. It's not complicated. Mm. And then they opined on it later on more in detail, but they literally just write, y'all can have guns. Yes. But I love how there's an argument from the left that keeping and bearing arms doesn't mean you can bear them outside your house. I guess we'll just have to buy up all of the houses. Oh, yeah. Like, so you buy like a, like two city blocks a string and then you're houses. walking down all the lawns <laughs> carrying a gun yeah. and the cop's like, what are you doing? It's okay. I own all of these homes. <laughs> I bought them all so I could walk around the neighborhood with my gun. That's right. You buy like all of one side of, of one block so you can walk all the way around with like your weapon. To the grocery store. Yeah. Even though they call Planet Earth our home. There you go. Ooh, oh, there you that's go. good point. I like that. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Wayne Homan says, banning a flavor of cigarettes for zero reason. Oh, yeah. They've made me wake up and choose maybe non-civil disobedience. No, no. We've got to be uh, peaceful, persuasive, and resourceful. Yes. And we talked about this the other day with, with Jack Murphy. The left gets away with riots and violence because they control the cultural institutions and because the police are willing to enforce both sides while the DAs are only willing to charge one side for the most part. So that means when you're on, when you're in enemy territory and you're like la resistance, imagine if in, in, in the, in Nazi occupied France, the French resistance all came out of their homes and marched towards the Nazis like, we're going to go to battle like a regular army. They just be like, gone. Hmm. So they were subversive. They had to find different ways to to fight back. Now, we're in fourth and fifth generational warfare, which means you've got to be peaceful. You have to be because you lose the moment the media can scare uninitiated individuals into 
begging for 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 authority, right? Mm-hmm. January 6th? you get you get one January six, and then all of the the people in the cities who don't pay attention are are cowering and hiding as Brian Stelter goes the sixth, the sixth. Meanwhile, when the building's burning down a few blocks away, they don't hear about it. Mm-hmm. So you got to be peaceful. It has to be done that way. Maniac Venture says, I'm done with Jimmy Dore. His hatred for us and cops really is toxic. He can't seem to call out the CCP without pointing fingers at us while he smirks. Mm. Well, Jimmy is a leftist, but I, I think Jimmy's allowed to have opinions we don't agree with. My thing is that Jimmy's honest and I'm totally cool with people who are leftist so long as they're honest and they engage in actual conversation. I will also shout out Destiny. Do you guys hear Destiny got banned from Twitch? Yeah, again. No. This is this is this is total BS. Really? You know, we we Times we, we had Destiny on the show. Of course, we argued. We agreed on some things. We mostly disagreed. I think, but he absolutely should be allowed to to you know have his show and speak. What happened was he had a guest who was in like a webcam, and she held up a picture of Hunter Biden from one of these you know with like women on him. Twitch bans that stuff apparently, <laughs> and so they banned that. That was that that that's messed up. Like going on Destiny's show and then holding up a picture of something taboo, ah man, that was that was that was messed that was up. But Twitch, low. I gotta say this, Destiny man, you reap what you sow. I don't think you should be banned; you should be restored. But I gotta say, you know, Destiny was on the show talking about how he was in favor of critical race theory and social justice. Okay, well that's why you there got you banned because Amazon adheres to those rules and caters to those people. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Other than I think that shouldn't be that way, and of course I'll always stand up against it. All right, let's see where we're at. Uh-oh. Oscar J says, Here, Pim Tool, you cried about the cop getting donated money secretly because you want us to donate to you instead. Yes. LOL. No. <laughs> um, I don't care who you donate to. Tony Baloney says, I, use, I used to be abolish the police. I changed, realizing this is what the left wants. They will be replaced by henchmen who have sworn no oath to protect, to protect the Constitution. Communism takeover. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just can't believe that. If the cops swore an oath to uphold the Constitution, they wouldn't be arresting people for having guns. Period. End of story. So, uh, yeah, I don't think that cops are upholding their oath to the Constitution. I really, really don't. That doesn't mean I think police should be abolished for that reason. I think at this point, everyone's voted. I, I hear these people in the media. No one's really saying abolish the police. Uh, 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 no, no, no. A New York Times op-ed said, yes, we mean abolish the police. I didn't hear y'all pro-police liberals come out and defend them. Okay. So we've got 20 votes for abolishing, 80 votes abstaining. Abolish the police wins. Next motion. You know, when I was in Minneapolis, one of the uh, speakers with Black Lives Matter, um, he was playing a lot of like old school Black Panther um, and not the Marvel movie, um, Black Panther, like speeches and music and chants and all this stuff. And one of the comments, he, like it, it, it's, it's clear. One of the comments he made was, yes, we will abolish the police someday so we can control them. Mm. If people don't believe me, you can check my Twitter right now. Drew H live. It's literally on there. This is what they are saying and preaching. It's not just abolish, get rid of them. They want to reinstall. They want to control Dude. They look, want to. That's but that's what look they're at doing. the cops in New York who lined up outside of a bar, yeah. and arrested the guy because he was giving food away. Yeah, the, you think I'm going to defend those guys? No, I'm not. I'm not saying so, I'm so, defending. No, them. No, I'm just I'm, saying I'm they not are saying, controlling. I'm not, I'm them. not saying you. I'm saying yeah. you. Rhetorically, like these people mm-hmm. think I'm going to defend these cops. You think when you're like there will be a power vacuum, Tim, and the and the and the corrupt will get their police force? They already have it. <laughs> they already have it. Sorry. I think you got to defend <clears throat> socialized police policing in general, but not the individual corrupt 
dudes. I think the left is making a really great case for private police, you know, because I've often said I don't like the idea of private cops because I'll hire, you know, uh, police's junior. You'll hire, you know, like Long John polices and Ian's <laughs> got old country police. Oh. And then what happens when we all call our private police and they're like staring at each other? Yeah. Like what happens? Mm. But I'll tell you now, the problem is if you've got a monopolized police through socialization, then someone need only get elected and they can wield the entire power of every police department against whoever they want. Nah, you know, I, I, I used to think that cops would stand up and be like, hey, I'm not playing that game. But most cops don't know and don't care. They're just going to be like, I got to go arrest this guy. Mm. So, and I'm talking about big cities. Bear in mind. Sheriff's departments and local cops. I've had nothing but good experiences with, with, uh, you know, when we were up in the Philly area or in the suburbs, the cops there were amazing. I'd go in there and they were very helpful. Very nice. Would hang out. Like, you know, I'd go in for something and we'd talk. I was getting my, my firearms, federal, my, my firearms license or whatever. And the cops there were super cool, helped me out. Yeah, nice. Called them for help. They were very calm and they took care of everything. Didn't brutally, brutalize anybody or beat anybody. None of that ever happened. Anyone, yeah. But you live in a big city run by Democrats and you get, I guess, Bad cops. James DeGriz says, don't be sad when you get jury duty. Get on that jury and use jury nullification. Yes. Bob Cartwright says, fun fact, in New York State, if you put self-defense as a reason for application for a concealed carry permit, your application is denied because the implied desire to shoot someone. Huh. Yep. That's hilarious. (laughs) Dylan says, legality does not equal morality. Correct. That's right. Yep. Very Eric true. A says, abolish the FBI. There is no function they provide that is not redundant. Aside from their centralized databases and labs, upgrade the state's capabilities and abolish the FBI. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, I kind of feel like we're heading towards divorce. You know, people like Michael Mal said, peaceful divorce. The states break up or whatever to pre- prevent, you know, civil war. I think it's going to happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're going to rip apart the police departments. People are going to get fed up. The sooner the police quit, the quit, the, the, the faster people will realize they got to be responsible for themselves. People already have no confidence in Joe Biden. They're not watching him speak. They're thumbs downing him on YouTube. People don't have faith in the system anymore. It's it's falling apart. Very true. Crazy Quarian says, please respond to my pitch email I sent yesterday. My email has something to do with the word Faison. Yay or nay, respond anyway. I am more than willing to work with you as hard as I can to make this collaboration work. You want to generate culture. You got it. We will check into that. Phase on. Senior, Senor Jones says, holy hell, Tim, painting all cops with a broad brush is beyond insane. I nor any officer I've ever worked with did any of the things, any of those things, absolutely despicable. How about you actually talk to an officer instead of spouting nonsense? Well, we would love to get an officer on the show. We had uh, one. We had one. Yeah, we had Brandon. We had Brandon. Mm-hmm. He was a former officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. former officer. And he made a lot of really good and important points. But uh, I'm not a big fan of big city big city police departments. I've would, had oh, you really saying? bad experiences. I would like to get a police chief, like even a big city police chief, and a beat cop together on the show mm. that don't know each other. Right. That would be interesting show. Have anything, different, be different jurisdictions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alexander Ferris says, I agree with Tim. It's ridiculous. The cops that arrest law-abiding citizens in uh, the cops that arrest law-abiding citizens in prison, or putting them in prison, are truly evil. The cops that do that should be in prison. Hmm. Eric D says, "Shouldn't the old lady move to a rural area with two hundred dollars in her pocket because that's what Chicago voted for?" Yes, <laughs> exactly. Now my point is, if someone lives <clears throat> in an area that you know they're sixty-five, so maybe they moved there when they were in their twenties. 
and it wasn't that bad. And over time, it got really bad. And now they're starting to realize just how bad it is. And they say, I better protect myself. So before they move out, maybe the old lady's going to the ATM to get the 200 to leave. There's a scenario. Hmm. It's a little old lady who says things have gotten too bad. I'm getting out of here. But I better have a weapon because I got to get my last bit of cash out of the ATM to pay for gas. And then a cop shows up and he laughs. Ma'am, what you did was illegal. I'm going to have to put you in prison for four years. I know a dude who was driving through Illinois from California to, to uh, the East Coast. He had guns with him. They stopped. They pulled him over in Illinois. He got arrested, went to prison. And then when he got out, he was on probation, so he couldn't leave the state. Now I'm like, so they forced you to be a resident of Illinois? Illinois. Yep. That's so weird. That's right. He had like licenses Punishment. for all his guns and they did that? Licenses for all his yeah, guns? How's that, how's that work? Was he you like, don't get a license for guns. Registration. Re- what do you mean? They were all registered and everything? What do you mean registered? Like his, his weapons didn't need regi- to be registered? They what weapons? Like NFA items? Like machine? Like like full uh, auto? Pistol <laughs> handguns? Whatever. You don't register there. What are you talking about? I don't know much about guns. Yeah, you, depending on which state you're in, you walk in, you felt that the background check form, they hand you the gun. Hmm. But everything was legit, and they yep. still busted him for yep. it? So imagine being from the West Coast well, and driving across the country to move and getting stopped in a state where the cops say, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you're going to prison. And you're like, but I don't live here. I'm just passing through. But they don't, don't know, care. They don't know that for sure if he's lying. They don't care. You're supposed to. You got ship. a California plate on your car, and, your and they pull you over. Maybe. You got a California ID, and they they put the guy in prison anyway. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And it's like now he's forced to live there. That's horrible. And I was like, what? It's like it's like this like five years ago. And I was like, how long did you go to prison for? It's a couple of years. Jeez. Yeah, because Illinois is insanely strict. You're supposed to ship the weapons to like a. No, you have a federal protection if you're if you're traveling. You're supposed to be protected, but the states often don't care, especially the cops in these areas who are like, and these were even just like, these were state cops, I think, because he was driving through. I guess what happens is when you're on the federal highway, they can't really do anything. They, they still might. You get off to get gas. Now they Jeez. got you. Yeah. So look, now the guy lives in Chicago. Oh my God. And Jeez. that was funny. He's like, I made a life here. I had no choice. I just think police officers, they, they need to make some serious decisions. Because I, you know, when I was reporting, I think it was in Louisville last year, um, I got arrested for the first time reporting. Oh, yeah. And uh, when that happened, uh, they issued a curfew, right? And all the conservatives came out and were like, well, they issued a curfew, Drew. You should be following the law. So when I got arrested, they issued a curfew and I was still covering the riot on the ground. Uh, and the police just kettled everybody, right? And I got caught up in that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sitting on the ground. I'm, I have Antifa and BLM all around me. If these people find out who I am, it's not going to be a good situation. Um, so the cop comes up and I'm like, you know, this is who I am. You could check my ID. You could literally Google me. You can call my boss. I work for a former police officer. You probably know who he is. Right. He knew who he was. They still arrested me. They still booked me. They put me in a cell of more than like 40 other uh, people that were Antifa and Black Lives Matter. I had to like hide my identity and everything. Um, but what really pissed me off about that situation, and this is why I always tell people, man, I don't support crooked cops or cops that are bad cops and that don't uphold their constitutional oaths. I support good cops. Uh, a lot of conservatives on Twitter were like, oh, well, there was a curfew, Drew. Why didn't you listen to the cops and just go back to your hotel? I was like, oh, yeah. You want to know what happened that night? When I was arrested on the floor, the police officers called the media over. And they called the media over, the local media. There was about 20 of them right there filming my arrest. And I was like, 
Yeah, I understand why people get pissed, especially when I'm telling the police officer who you could literally Google me right now doesn't listen to me. So but this is why I, I will never generalize an entire department or all police officers. But I do I do just want to like say to police officers, man, like it's stuff like that that is not giving you a good reputation. OK, and I don't say that to demonize all cops. I just say that because I'll always stand on my position that I do not support police officers that do not uphold their constitutional oaths to serve and protect the people. I will never. All I right. only support those that do. So we got, I get it. I get it. Absolutely. We got Call Me Straws. He says, this is how other totalitarian states create state law enforcement. Brown shirts, comma, rouge, the Red Guard. The goal isn't police removal. It's replacement. Mm. By the way, Ian would have been a complicit tool of the state in 40s Russia. Solzhenitsyn is rolling in his grave. There you go. <laughs> Hmm. I'm interested to hear why you think that that would be the case. Because there have been numerous instances on the show where I've asked you, asked you moral questions and you defer to the law. Yeah, right. We're on a TV show. What? You want to get down and dirty? Let's do it when the cameras are off. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Come on, dude. We've had quite, we've had conversations about the banality of evil and you've often sided with like not, not getting your own neck, you know, not getting yourself dirty and just letting the system do what it wants. I mean, it's not the first time I've think, said that's the banality of evil in response to your answers to moral questions. I, this might take a while to talk about. I don't know if right now is the time. All right, all right. We'll just do a couple more because uh, we're getting we're, we're we're a little bit over time, but it's all right. It's always cool. Will Beasley says, "Thank you for the Brian Stelter impression. He's a fake news gremlin fed after midnight, <laughs> and and you know what happens to Gizmo when you feed him after midnight? He becomes striped. No, you no. can't get him wet. Right, right. Yeah, they yeah. duplicate. <laughs> don't get him wet." All right, let's do a couple more. Let's see. Woodworker Anon says, hey, Tim, request for people who don't want to stay on YouTube. Can you start live streaming on your website? That would be best. Thanks for all you do. One of the things we want to do is like um, set up probably a, a streaming. We just stream everywhere on, on all platforms. So it just it would go everywhere. Website, YouTube, Facebook, whatever. But uh, we're uh, we're going to we'll figure it out. Ideally, we're going to have our own website, which we do, but like build it up to the point where it functions like uh, like Netflix. With like a whole roster of shows, and it's not going to be just you know political commentary. I don't want to do that. So we'll have the existing shows. The latest show we started is Cast Castle, which is a vlog, which is not particularly. It's not at all political. It's like we, what did we do last week? We jumped over the Tesla with the BMX. Well, Mike Feedy did. So I don't know what we're going to do this week. Maybe we, we, have a, we have a metal detector. We'll go exploring for Civil War treasure, Harper's hmm. Ferry or something. Ooh. Yeah, that'll be fun, and we'll film it. Do some skateboard whirly birds and something like that. One of the things I want to do is I want to build an extremely long PVC rail because you can bend it. Oh. And then we could have it like curl around and go down the driveway, which is like three city blocks long. <laughs> well, maybe that's a little exaggeration. It's like a block long. But then you can have a rail where you can like grind down the whole driveway all to the bottom. Nice. That'd be fun. It's like action park stuff. Have you ever seen that? Action park? Action park documentaries, that hardcore like theme park. Oh, you pretty no. much do whatever you want. You guys check it out. It's on HBO. It's pretty crazy. Nice. I wish it all right, all right. Today. This, you're gonna like this last one. <laughs> last super chat. Andrew Bishop says, "Who is this guy, and how can I dump my life savings into his mission?" <laughs> uh, you guys could support me uh, at drewhlive.com. Uh, the support tab is on there. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, drewhlive, uh, on Gab as well, drewhlive, Instagram, drewhernandezlive, um, and I have my nightly YouTube show. 
uh, an hour before Tim's. Smart. I made sure Very that I did smart. that. Okay. <laughs> so you can watch Drew and then go straight into Tim Pool. Nice. Um, I do it Monday through Friday on YouTube. Uh, at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So just search Drew Hernandez live on YouTube. And you can follow me at TimCast. But also, more importantly, you can follow at TimCast IRL on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook and you're following at uh, – go to Facebook.com slash TimCast IRL. You can share each and every one of the clips from the, sh- the show you to help, help us promote that show because what we want to do is – you know, we build a big enough presence on Facebook, but we're going to be driving people to the website – get more content to people off of Facebook, but uh, you know, it is what it is. So uh, don't forget to check out my other YouTube channels, youtube.com slash TimCast and youtube.com slash TimCast News. We're live on this show, Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. And now you must go over to TimCast.com to become a member because we're going to have an exclusive members only segment. This is where we get rowdy because <laughs> on the website, we're allowed to base We're effectively allowed to say whatever we want. And that means like swearing for the most part and having the conversations YouTube doesn't like. So go check that out. And uh, thanks for hanging out. Ian, do you want to? Yeah, you can follow me at Ian Crossland and at iancrossland.net if you want to get in touch with me there. Through, check out all my socials. I really appreciate you guys coming and listening to this hard, hard conversation. This is not an easy conversation. This is a hard time. And uh, right. I think the conversation We are the strong that. people for this hard time, I dare say. And I would, I think that uh, the lesson we can take from Ian and the homework I'm going to give you all for tomorrow is to really think about your understanding of evil. Think about what makes something actually correct and good and what makes something evil and wrong. And I am Sour Patch Lids. You can follow me on Twitter. Help me in my pursuit of that. Let's see. I want to have more followers than Sour Patch Kids on Twitter. We will see you all over at TimCast.com in the exclusive members-only segment. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.